The Pinball Network is online. Launching Triple Drain Pinball Podcast. All right, Tom, you ready? Uh huh. Travis, you ready? Hell yeah, let's do it, Joel. <laughs> okay, calm down. Here we go. <laughs> we 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 we're three guys who like to talk pinball, so we came up with a clever name. We're Joel and Travis down with talk pinball. All right. Well, um, welcome, everybody. It's been quite a while since we've recorded one. Um, a lot of stuff's been going on. We usually shoot for every two weeks, two to three weeks. But um, yeah, what was it? Last weekend, there was this slight... I mean, it's kind of a big deal. I don't know. It seemed like a big deal. But Indisc. Indisc was happening in California. And Travis and Tom both went to that. And so they needed like a week to mentally prepare. Then they needed, a, you know, to compete in it. And then they needed a week to decompress. And so, yeah, so here we are. And and to be honest, even scheduling this podcast was a challenge. Uh, not because it's three of us, but there's actually four of us. And so we have an extra ball this week. It's very fitting for the topics that we are going to discuss. We have... The one, the only, Robert Byers from Top Rope Pinball. <laughs> and, uh, yep, there's Tom blowing out our mics with our headphones <laughs> with the applause sorry, sample. Sorry about that. But, Robert, hey, I appreciate you being on here tonight. Um, there's there's a lot more I could throw in. I mean, you got a lot of personalities that, that you, I, I don't know if we should call you Rob all night or which whatever wrestler you are at the moment. I mean... You Rob call thinks- him champion, Joel, champion, because champion, he's a champion. Yeah. The That's people's why. champion, brother. <laughs> and the Classics <laughs> 1 champion now Correct. at Indisc. So congrats so, on that. I yeah. got to start out with my classic, you know. Finally, the Rob has come to the Triple Drain podcast. If you smell what the Rob is podcasting. See, this is, what's, this is what, better than having The Rock on. It is. Yeah. Oh, but, look at that. Yeah, F that guy. But what's crazy is episode one, Tom came into this and said, hey, I want this to be my intro and literally did the exact same thing. And we told him, no, Tom, that's just not you. So, yeah. Rob, I'm glad that that is, <laughs> that is your Tom, intro. that's true. We were like, whoa, whoa. Tone <laughs> yeah. down the charisma, right. Tom. That's awesome. Whoa. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> No, I will say, and and we've got a lot of stuff to discuss today, but um, and most of it is is tournament related. But for everybody that just heard that, that doesn't care about tournaments, don't don't shut it off yet. We're gonna save a lot of the in depth tournament talk till the later part of the part of the podcast. But <laughs> exactly, and and what's funny is, I mean, I've only been in this hobby a few years. I don't personally play in tournaments, so anytime any podcast talked about a tournament, I just zoned out, or I just I just never thought it applied to me. But the more that I've gotten into this hobby and the more that I've played games, I've really started to enjoy watching tournaments and respect the the level of play in tournament. And um, as being part of TPN, it was awesome to see the three of you guys be so successful at Indisc and then now recognizing other names and seeing people week in and week out, you know, that do these tournaments over and over again. You start to recognize different players and their styles and um, tournaments end up being very entertaining. So we'll we'll dive more into that. But um, if if let's let's just start off with some controversy. I know we're not going to talk about. I don't want to talk about specifics of tournaments yet. But Zach, Zach Mini on the Pinball Show. Zach Mini on the Pinball Show last week on his episode 
kind of was covering in disc and he kind of interrupted his coverage of it. And he said, all right, I just watched the finals. And he, and he completely kind of tore them apart. And, and the reason he tore them apart was because the final three games were, none of them were modern games. None of them were games that you could buy. None of those games are, you know, pretty with the modern, what were they? They were, um, it was Stargate. Was it Cosmos? <laughs> I know it was... Whatever, Tom. I swear. <laughs> I will end this podcast right now. <laughs> yeah. Robert, thanks for coming out. Yeah. yeah. So it was no, Stargate. Back, yes. Roller it was games. Roller um, Games. Roller Games. Rock and Roller <laughs> Games. And then what was it? Al, Al, what is it? Alley G's? What's the. <laughs> Alley yes. G's. What is it? <laughs> Alley G's Mystery Castle. It's not Alley yes. G's. What no, is it's Alvin. 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 Alvin no, it, G's. You had it right the Alvin. first time. Don't yeah. correct yourself. Alley Alvin G. G's Mystery Castle, which I don't, we don't have to go into the history, but like Alvin G is, I mean, they're like, they, how many games did they make? I mean, it's just random manufacturer. That's well, a one game. Obviously. <laughs> one, yeah. And Mystery Castle, it's like a game nobody knows. And that was the final game of the finals in this huge tournament that took days to build up to it. And so basically Zach's opinion is why in the world is the final round of the biggest tournament of this year played on such crappy games. And I don't know, whoever wants to go first, Rob, I mean, feel free. So when I'm was sitting in the car, listening to that and you know, it started out talking about, you know, tournaments and excitement and all that. And then he got to that point when he went on his rant. And at the very first, as a high level tournament player, I was like, all right, Zach, where can I come strangle you at? And then, <laughs> but I really yeah. started listening to, to his points and he, he did make some good points. Um, I, I, I do give him credit for that. And I do feel like there maybe should be a little bit of tweaks. I mean, IE Pinball, I think, had 800 to 1,000 viewers at that point. And one of your biggest sponsors that's giving away a pinball is Stern. And we're playing stuff you can't buy and not displaying scores. And so he, he did make some valid points. And I do feel like there maybe needs to be some adjustments where maybe one of the three final games has to be a sponsor game, you know, Um and when the when the top seed picks that game, he gets to pick position, and he gets to pick when it's played, and then he gets to pick the other two. Um, but just to sum up, there's two reasons why they played those games is because you can't repeat picks, and that's the biggest thing. The top seed players had already picked their go-to games because when I'm in a tournament, I'm not saving games to pick in the finals. I got to get to the finals first. So you're picking your go-tos first, and then you kind of got whatever's left over at the end, and that's part of the problem. Yeah, and so for once again for the people that don't know tournament play, and by all means, I'm the odd one out here. So the three of you correct me if I'm wrong. But the whole advantage of being in the lead is you're, and you guys top, typically re refer to it as you're driving the bus. You're the person that gets to pick the game, or is it? It's is there option? There's times where it's you either pick the game or you pick your position, right? Or yeah, you, it, yeah, you yeah. can do that at both. Yeah, and sometimes if it's a bank of games, you get to pick both the bank and position of the first game. It just it just really depends what the format is. Yeah, and so if if you think about it, if you're if you're number one, if you've earned that right, you're you're number one right now in the tournament. You want 
some advantage to that. You want, you've earned that. What do you get from that? And so normally it's a, you get to pick the game. What are you most comfortable playing? Or you can pick your position. And if you're going to pick your position, you're going to pick last. You want, you know, you want to know the scores that you're trying to beat. Um, so that those are the perks and you earn those perks. So that's why I think all the tournament players that were listening to Zach say, why, you know, why are we down to that point where we're just picking crappy games you know, and Zach wanted them to like force a game on a person. Well, as soon as you force a game on a person, you just took away that advantage that the first the first place person has been working towards that entire tournament. So I don't know, Travis, what do you how do you work around that? Well, pretty much my idea for this from the get go, and I was kind of thinking about this for the past couple of years after in disc 2020. To me, it really comes down to what I would like to see is as soon as the final start, that whoever is the top seed, I would just like to see their picks just refreshed just okay. from scratch. That way they can pick the games that they want to pick because, you know, Tom and Rob can attest this. It's difficult qualifying for the open. It's not, it's not an easy thing because it's a pop a card, which means you got to play five games in a row. And if you mess up on any of those games, you're pretty much done for that card and you'll have to start back over. So you got to use five games to qualify. So since it's so difficult to actually qualify for this tournament, and it's a major championship tournament as well, I would like to see the higher seeds be rewarded by the time the finals come. The, like I'm talking the final four. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, the way it's set up now, we're always going to see, and you know, Rob attested this earlier or alluded to it, that basically if you are, if you're driving the bus, you want to get your best games out of the way because you want to get to the next round. You can't take any chances. I mean, it's very difficult to hold a game in your back pocket. Some people try it. But I don't know if the Open is the place to do that because you're playing against other world-class players nearly every single round. So that being said, by the time you get to finals, it basically guarantees that you're going to be playing three other world-class opponents and you're going to be playing it just basically rolling the dice on whatever games are left. Because at that point, bare minimum, you've already picked six games out of the bank. And like we just said, there's only five games that go to your qualifying. So that means you've already picked one game over. So I'd like to see picks refreshed, I want to see them go to their best games against the best people. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Travis, especially for the finals. I mean, the whole purpose of you not picking games is a little bit for the stream and it's a little bit for repetition because if the top guys got three go-to games, guess what you're going to see all the rounds, all the time on the stream. It's going to be three games out of 18 over and over and over. So there's a good balance. And some tournaments do, you can't pick a game back-to-back rounds. So you can repeat. But I do like the idea of possibly no repeats, but finals is finals is finals. Everything resets. It should be on the top seeds' favorite three games at that point. They've earned that. Well, what I find interesting, though, is if the top seed and maybe we're already getting into the, the, the tournament talk here, but the top seed may, that's the thing. If, if you refresh it, that, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to pick modern games or like, they're not going to necessarily pick. So of the bank, there was Godzilla and there was turtles, right? Were those the only two games that you could buy today? Every, every other game of that, of the bank was. That's yeah, currently I, being manufactured. Is that what yeah, you mean? Exactly. Yeah. Like, yep. So if Zach's looking at this from a marketing standpoint, hey, there's a chance that some somebody stumbled across this stream or somebody stumbled across this YouTube video that has a, a slight interest in pinball. Well, great. Here's an awesome marketing opportunity to sell a game. What's up, Tom? Oh, no. I was just going to say, you got to remember that uh, 
all these games are brought in by operators and collectors yeah. in the area. The way to circumvent that is to have a sponsor that's actually going to bring the games to the tournament. That's the only way you could do it. Like, uh, you know, Chicago Pinball Expo has Tilt Amusements. They provide yeah. all those Stern games, you know, uh, for the tournament. So, you know, but on the same token, you know, the open, you don't want to have necessarily a tournament either where all the games are are just by one manufacturer. I mean, that would be pretty crazy, though, if if next in disc spooky donates whatever they have game on the line stern donates their most recent game you know jjp throws whatever their recent game is you know if you have the brand new of each major manufacturer there then i mean that's cool but it also it comes back to the competitive advantage of the person in first because just because they're there are we now going to force that person to pick those games or are we just having them be an like an option I would say in competitive play at a major tournament, then is not the time to try to market pinball. I, I don't think that that's the good time to, to ever do it. If you want to really try to market pinball and you want to market Stern, Stern Pro Circuit Championship is the yeah. perfect time to do it because it's guaranteed to be a tournament. Hell, the name is literally the Stern Pro Circuit Championship. So they usually have Jack Danger on there, who's a designer now and a streamer with Stern. So, I mean, that's a way right there. They can get more of their product out there. So I think... There's already a tournament out there that's geared towards that perfectly. And just even Expo, the same exact thing. Tilt Amusements, they specialize in Stern products. That's what you get. So there's two tournaments out there for that already. So I don't really see a need for that. But that being said, the Open at Indisc, they already use games from every every manufacturer. In 2020, Alice Cooper was there. And I know in the past, there's been a uh, Pirates, a POTC from uh, Jersey Jack that's been there. So they and dialed in was there too in 2020. So they they use different different companies. I mean, we saw that with them using the the Ollie G Mystery Castle as Joel <laughs> talked about earlier. So they use oh, wow. everybody anyways. I just don't think Indisc at a major tournament is the time to be doing that. I think that's the time to focus on the players personally. Yeah. And, go ahead, Rob. And I'm going to go with what Travis said, but I'm going to hybrid it with Zach said. There's three games Stern's giving away a premium pinball machine. One of those three games should be a Stern premium pinball machine. It could, it could be, but that's really, to me, that would be on Stern themselves because they could easily tell the, these tournaments like, hey, we're sponsoring it. We want X amount of our games in the bank and we want those games to be available to be on the stream. I mean, they could right. easily push that. Obviously, they're not, and I don't think that they're overlooking that, but... I do like the idea of potentially playing on a pin on your final game that that's the game you could own yeah, afterwards. Cool. I, I like yeah. that idea. Maybe maybe Stern Pro Circuit should do, should do that because you what you win a game right yeah. and a belt WWE LE. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> that, that's what they should do then. Perfect. Yeah, and I think it's well. That's what I always thought with um. You guys always talk about the uh, what is it? It's like every time a new pinball machine comes out, you, you know, your league does like a. I don't, what's the word? It's like a launch party. Launch, launch party for it. And I always assumed at the launch party, you were playing that game. And on a previous episode, you informed me that's not necessarily the case. It depends on how the launch parties run. But yeah, if Stern or somebody was sponsoring that and it got to the finals, I would be okay. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think I have a stake in the game. I'm not the tournament person, but if, if the three of you guys had made the final round 
in the open and you knew that one of those three games had to be Godzilla premium. I mean, does that affect if you're number one and now you don't get that? I mean, does that offend you? Are you okay with that? Or I it's I mean, because I, I, you get a pick choice. So I get to go last on that game when it comes up. Okay. So, yeah. you know, you um, and that, that's what I was yeah. saying, like the, whoever's driving the bus, that's the, let's say Godzilla premium is one of the games you have to pick. You can pick it for game one or game two or game three, and you get to pick the order. So you can get it out of the way first and see how that plays out and then pick your other two games after that instead of saving it to last. But just have that one of the three. The guy still drives the bus of when you play it and what order you play it, but it has to be one of the three. That's kind of that hybrid model I was talking about. It gives a little bit of Travis. It gives a little bit of Zach. It gives a little bit of sponsorship. It gives a little bit of oh my gosh, checked out this coolest thing. I didn't even know there was pinball, let alone a pinball tournament. Oh, I can go buy that game right now. That's yeah. the excitement in the chat for those 800 people. Maybe, maybe you know, seven of those, 700 of those people are pinball people, but a hundred of them are not and not seeing it to, you know, they're going to search Stargate. You know, it, it kind of takes away from growing the hobby when it is so, it kind of feel, fills, uh, fuels that fire where it's, they even make those things anymore. Well, yeah. it looks like it when you're playing games from the eighties. So good, Tom. So I could see maybe one downside with that. Um, you know, they pick their newest game and the, the code isn't up to snuff. You know, there's a lot of bugs in it. Um, still got to be fleshed out. Um, there's potential for problems there, but I guess you wouldn't have it in the bank. But if you're talking about the brand new newest game uh you could have some potential issues right there so what purpose would it really serve to try to show off the newest game from stern right now in the big tournament i'm asking all three of you guys that yeah, question and i know what you're saying is because obviously to to say to show it means hey you could buy it but the reality is you can't buy it like if it would have been a, a godzilla premium how do you buy a godzilla premium these days it's it, it it's right. not a thing. Yeah, but we're not always going to be in COVID. Um, yeah. And right. so it's going to come back around. And I agree with what Tom said. I wouldn't have, if Rush was in the lineup, I would have been upset. I don't have time to play it. I don't have time to learn the code. So right. maybe it's not that one that just released and it's just one back that has some code updates and that's the one you go with. We Raymond would have done well. He would have done real well. Yeah, right. <laughs> Raymond, well, yeah. What I'm yeah. getting at too is, you know, even if there's a new game out there, I don't think that there's, new people watching pinball that find pinball through just a tournament. I I think that that's very rare because to me, it's like on the ground level, you're finding out about pinball basically at your local arcade where you happen to come across something, just seeing somebody play a pinball. You don't necessarily understand that you're watching a tournament at that point in time. So I think the people that start watching that, they're already like well-versed in the pinball world. They may not be experts, but they know what exists because they know to search that out on Twitch because Twitch's discovery is horrible, terrible. So everybody who's watching that already knew all this existed. I guarantee yeah. it. Yeah. I, I agree, except for this one was tied to the, the fighting festival or whatever it was. And at some point in time, that group raided our group. So they had, you know, five, six, 700 people watching the fight. And then they right. raided into IE Pinball. None of those people know pinball existed. And also because IE pinball is such a good streaming and Carl does so well, he had eight to 800, 900,000 people on there. 
that's going to start filtering in the you might like category. So we, you know, the top rope stream with four people or five people online or even 20 people online are not going to get that coverage. But in certain situations, we are starting to feed into a market and people come across that might not know that this hobby exists at this level. Yeah. I mean, it's great points. And I, and I understand Zach's main thing. And I know Zach, Zach sells Zach mini. He's a distributor. He sells pinball machines for a living. That's what he does. And so he's looking at everything pinball as in, how do we grow this hobby? How do we bring more people into this? And we just witnessed the, the best tournament that's probably been streamed in, I don't know, the last two, three years because of COVID. I mean, it's the best of the best are there. They're all there. Oh, yeah, you sorry. hear that, Tom? Super serious. You hear that, Tom? <laughs> yeah. but, Your stuff shit, yeah. Tom. That's uh, what Joel's I, trying to say. Yeah. I know. That is not bullshit. what I'm saying. But, man, I mean, Carl's production and the, the commentary, the announcers, the four days of it, I mean, it was so great. It was incredibly well done. And I get that. If the finals is the culmination of that, four days of this, it's all building to this, and it ends on Mystery Castle where you can't even see the scores. I get it. I understand how he could feel that letdown, but (laughs) yeah, but the reality is it's from a competitive standpoint, nobody's complaining like the tournament players. It showed the level of skill that they have. You need to adapt to whatever you're handed and it's great competition. Um, So it's, yeah. The, well, the thing is, is I talked to a lot of people during this because my dumbass was driving back to Oklahoma during this time. So I was somewhere out in Arizona, New Mexico, oh, while this you is were happening. The smart one. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> oh, um, you weren't you weren't in the finals. Joel, I swear. <laughs> he I drove swear. to this thing because oh of the God. ice storm. If <laughs> I could nut punch you through this mic right now, I would. I totally would. Oh. All right. Sorry, listener. Sorry for my uh, Robert. You're awesome. Tom, Joel. Eat shit. Okay, well, I'm good. <laughs> I'm going to interject right now. So, you know, the joke was Tom and Travis are at the tournament and we're missing Joel from the triple drain. Uh, and so I was kind of filling in as Joel, but then I started playing really good. And so I was actually playing as the anti-Joel. Yeah, that's fire. That's totally fine. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's, yeah, I'm I'm just here to stir things up. But Travis, so you're saying you're driving back, you're talking okay. to a bunch of people. Yes, thank you, Joel. Yeah. You're bringing us back on track. So, yeah. I mean, so there was a lot of people talking about that. I heard it half and half. And I was talking to Zach during this time as well, that I heard that there was several people that they were just like, okay, Mystery Castle is a terrible game to have in the finals. I wish it was on something else. Like I heard that. But then I heard the other half saying, you know what? This is pretty cool. It's different. We get to see players adapt. And I mean, that's the thing. At the end of the day, you're going to have some people that agree with a decision. You're going to have other people that don't agree. And you're going to have people that just don't care either way. And I think that this situation pretty much is kind of that because we've heard it from every different angle from people that don't play in tournaments, from people that do play in tournaments, from people that are world-class players to players that are just weekend warriors. So you're going to have all kinds of different ideas. I mean, the same things happened to Pinberg over the years. If there's a game in that finals bank, sometimes it got shat on. Other times it became like the new darling. And that's kind of what happened with something like Doodlebug, you know, right. or even Guardians of the Galaxy when everybody saw Andre Masenkoff. Hot hand. Yeah. Is it? No, high hand, high, right? High hand. High hand. Yeah. So that's another one. I mean, it's that's typically what happens. So we may, and some of us may be talking about this, and all of a sudden there's probably... 50 people out there that suddenly want a mystery castle 
Yeah. I mean, it's highly likely that that has happened. And it's not a bad game. It's not a bad game to play. I mean, would it be the game I'd pump quarters into? No. But if somebody wanted to loan me one for free, you know, I I love the game then. Go ahead. Bring it down. I'll play it. I mean, I understand the gameplay that we witnessed of Mystery Castle is not going to, you know, bring people into the pinball hobby by drones. You know, like that's not, that's not that. And but the reality was, if it would have been a modern game, a modern LCD game, I don't necessarily know if that would have made that big of a of a difference. But it's it is what it is. I, all I know is, as a as a non competitive player watching the stream, all I'm basically relying on the commentators to tell me what the thing is. You know, on this game, this is what they're trying to do, and it, I I relied on that heavily in the classics tournament, and we'll get more into that because all the classics game there was always like a thing, you know, do this thing in this order, and that's how you get points. And so once the commentator told me that, that's all I'm watching for. I'm like, I get it. The player's trying to get control because they're trying to rip the spinner and then do this. So I'm just you know like it didn't matter at that point. I just wanted to see the skill that it takes to do the thing. And the truth is, in a lot of these modern games, Godzilla, you can attack that thing from so many different directions that the commentators may not know the thing. They may not know the thing that the player's trying to do. And so we're kind of sitting there waiting to see what happens while some of these older games is blatantly obvious what they're trying to do. So I don't care, but I I really respect... Who was it? It was Jeff Teolis and um, Snow... um, Galvin. Galvin. Galvin, And then... um, Steve Bowden were announcing at the time and they killed it. They were incredible. The three of them explaining it, telling what was going on. I mean, everything was there, but um, I don't know, Tom, you, you had something. No, I was just going to say, you know, I, I, I think the idea of the tournament is to um, basically take all games from all manufacturers, different eras and bring them all together. So, you know, I was, just alluding to that, but you, you were talking too much, Joel. That's okay. <laughs> you lost. Hey, so we're trying to, so listeners, we're trying something new here where people are like raising their hands when, when they have something to talk. And, um, so far I, I think we've honored it pretty well, but I'm not going to lie. Tom rose his hand about halfway through that. And I just, kept going, so, you know, <laughs> I was disappointed. I was waiting for him to go. Uh, I, I got nothing. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> I'll be I'll be back in ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is a good segue because we could always come back to end disc. Yeah, yeah. The we final do. thing, we... but we got to talk about what Joel. I don't know. What? <laughs> you're you're this you're you led this transition. Go ahead and transition. Everybody, it is now time to talk about the newest pinball machine out from Stern Pinball. That's yeah, because Joel, out of all four of us, Joel's the only one that actually has one in his house. So, Joel, go ahead. Let's start this segment. We're talking about Rush. That was the worst transition we've had. But, you know, nice job. It's done. Rush Pinball. So, what's interesting is there's four of us. All four of us have played this game. And what I'm finding is all four of us have different opinions. So, you know what? Let's go with the guest. Rob, you're the extra ball. Rush Pinball. What's your... What what is your experience with Rush Pinball, Ben? Oh, boy. Okay. So, um, I don't have a lot of time on it, but... I walked past a Rush Pinball a thousand times at Indisc. It was right there at the entrance for Project Pinball to stick in $2 and play and donate. Da, 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 da. And I walked by it a lot and I never played it. And there wasn't very many people playing it. And then I, at a break, I said, okay, let me throw $2 in this game. And then I walked away and I never came back. Um, now, that may have been the way it was set up, the way it was playing. Um, we already know the issues with the cliffies. So they were bent and torn up all the crap. So it's hard to make the shots. 
So my initial one game three ball impression was it was a little clunky and I just, I just never got the feel for it. So again, uh, I've said that about other games before and, and then end up loving them. We all have, but right now I, I don't get it. I don't get it. So um, right, no, interesting to hear your guys' opinions that maybe had played it more and had more time on it. Um, I think we're just going to, I'll go ahead and go next because we're just going to increase is what we're, <laughs> we're going to find here. Um, I'm with you, Rob. When I, so Zach swapped out Godzilla and he dropped off rush here. And I was like, all right, I'm not, I'm not a rush fan. I, it's not that I have anything against it. I'm just not a rush fan. So it's not like I was super excited about this theme. Um, so my initial impression really has nothing to do with code. It's just, how does it shoot? And, um, to be honest, I didn't love it. I did not like initially my first few games on playing it. And that was once again, nothing to do with the code. It was just shooting the game. And to be a hundred percent honest, Tom doesn't know this. I texted Travis <laughs> and I told Travis, I said, I don't like this. And I, and I texted Travis cause I didn't want Tom he, to he know. He went behind your back, yeah. Tom, but and he, I he was looking out for your feelings while he did I was, it, I was so like, I know Tom, I know Tom is like literally laying awake at night dreaming of this game. And I don't want to, you know, poo poo on that, but it's just like, I'm not loving what I'm feeling. And, and one of the main reasons was I realized the, there's there's nothing on the left side of the game that excites me, as in I'm so used to having a left ramp in a game, and this game has no left ramp. It ha- I mean, it has this kind of center-ish, right? like you have to do it with the upper flipper to kind of hit that, but from the right flipper, I'm like, what do I have to shoot? I have a scoop that's very hard to hit. I have a between-the-pops shot that's a super crazy orbit and if you miss it you're hitting a pop so the game's the thing's coming flying back at you i have drop targets that are super close and if you hit those it's coming flying back at you and then on the pro i have a dead end shot where it just comes flying back at you so i felt like half the play field i wasn't enjoying and um and that was my initial impression for like the first two days just trying to find shots i'm just like i don't know about this well on Thursday night on the Flipping Out channel, I actually did a stream and I had Raymond Davidson, who's one of the coders of this game, on the stream with me. And he started to explain the game to me. And I will tell you, my opinion of this game has drastically changed because of the rules that Ray and Tim have built into this game. And I'm going to let you know Travis and Tom go more into that. But I will tell you the ways that you can go about playing this game, the risk reward that he is building into this game is insane. And once he actually started explaining what they're doing with the different shots, so much more made sense. And so I understand, yes, my initial impressions of Godzilla when I started playing was it felt amazing. I mean, every shot on that game just feels good. And it doesn't matter. Like, that's just looking at the way it shoots. And I, you know, I got to give props, Keith Elwin. That I, I felt the same way when I first played Avengers. You know, there are certain games where you step up to it, and it just everything you're hitting feels good, even without listening to it or looking at the display. Um, and that's nothing against John Morg. It's just this is a hard game. This is a hard game. I felt the same way about Turtles. It's hard for me, Tom. Tom's shaking his head. I felt it's hard. Um, like Turtles, it's easier than Turtles. But Turtles, I know the first few games, I was like, this game's destroying me. Um, but I will say, as the stream went on, I started to find the shots. I started to get a little bit deeper in the game, but I'm, I'm barely scratching the surface of this game. So initial impressions for anybody like Rob who steps up the game, puts one game on it, two games on it, you may not like it. But if you can keep going or if you're there with somebody that can explain what you're trying to do, I think 
I think this game is going to end up getting a lot of love. And so Travis or Tom, feel free to, I don't know which one of you likes it more at this point, but um, one of you guys can, <laughs> could take third. <laughs> Tom, do you want to answer Joel, even though he's gone behind your back? I don't know. I'm kind of offended, but <laughs> I was, I was looking out for you, man. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to crap on this game. It's your dream theme. I was uh, like, Joel, is Tom okay with this? And he said, yeah, Tom's fine with it. Don't worry about <laughs> I it. I never said that in a while. <laughs> Go ahead, Tom. Tell us about All your right. opinion. Yeah, uh, It is the greatest game ever made. It is the best <laughs> best John Borg shooting game. I don't know if it's yeah. the Rush music or what, but yeah. uh, actually, I really like it. Uh, I will say it's really heavy with the multi-balls. Um, I, I felt like... I was playing it and uh, the, the actually I was having really long ball times. Um, and I took Neil with me and he was having really long ball times. And uh, we had a, another friend with us, but um, we, we thought the game was a little easy. Uh, maybe that was just the way it was set up. Uh, but uh, it, it is super multi-ball heavy. So... Um, that would be my only complaint about the game. I thought the shots were all findable. Um, uh, rules were good as far as, you know, songs and things, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Okay. And Travis go. <laughs> awesome analysis there, Tom yeah. Graff. No, yeah. So okay. what I'm here for. So this game is exactly what I thought it was going to be. And I told you guys this as soon as we saw it debut that I think this is going to be a game that your great players are probably going to really enjoy once they really get into it and they figure out the rules and is another game that I thought casuals would enjoy, but they wouldn't be able to hit shots near as well because some of these shots are tight, but it's not really a drainy game. So what happens when those two elements come together? There's a lot of brick shots. And there's a lot of watching the ball go horizontal and go vertical and hit off slings and hit off targets and hit off posts. And I think that's pretty much what you're going to see out of this game with your casual players. But if you're an above average player or you're an elite player, you're going to find shots fairly quickly and you're going to start. Yeah. Well, you need more than one game because I'll even I, I can attest that my first two games on this after I fixed the tilt bob issue, um, you know, my first two games, they were just it was finding a lot of posts. And it was even missing the center shot because even on a pro, it's not a gimme shot. It is a tight shot. And probably the easiest shot out of anything on the play field is probably the dead end shot yep. for a pro from the right flipper. But that being said, what you find, well, I'll come back to that. Just ending my thought here is it's hard to find shots early on, but give it a few games and you start finding them, you start jamming on it. It's the type of game I think can grow onto people. And Knowing what the rules are in it right now and seeing what it could become, this game definitely has a chance to go on elite level status for Stern. I think it really does have that chance, and that doesn't come around too often for anyone outside of Elwin. And this is the first time that I've played on a pin after getting about 15, 20 games on it that I feel like this has a really good chance to be a solid game. Now, keep in mind, all my games have been on a pro but I'm able to tell what I'm missing and what would make this game a lot more enjoyable. And I'm telling you compared to the pro and premium or LE, I think there's going to be a massive jump in the way that people enjoy this game simply because that shot we alluded to earlier 
that's a dead end shot. Now it's going to have a Vuck on there that's going to return back to your right flipper. I think that'll shore up a lot of your left side because the left side is difficult to navigate because you got targets at a weird angle that guarantees that the ball is going to be in danger every time. You got a tight orbit shot. You got a scoop right there that if the scoop protector's in the way, good luck doing that. But if it's fixed, it's not too bad. It is a tight shot though. It's what I thought the Mando scoop was going to be like. This is exactly what I thought it was going to be. So the left side is all tough. It really is. And without that Vuck there, it's you're basically guaranteeing your ball is going to be out of control anytime you take a shot to the left-hand side of this play field on a pro. And I think that's that could be its biggest downside right now in terms of design. But you get to a premium LE, I'm sure those issues go away awfully fast because of their return. Yeah, and I, I know when I see the ball coming down my right, I don't know, habit trail, so it's feeding my right flipper, in my mind, I'm like, what am I about to shoot? And and the reality is the whole left side, like none of it's safe. And if I hit the if I hit the left orbit, it's so fast that like it's safe if kind of safe if I hit it, but it's just that's the thing. That's the speed of the game. And 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 I know my playing ability and the three of yours are drastically different. And so, you know, getting control is is something that I need to get better at. And I know you were talking to, you know, it took you a few games. It takes me a lot more games to find shots than it does the three of you. I, I know my full, my whole first two hours of streaming Godzilla, I was struggling hitting the scoop and that's like a, you know, integral part of the game. But as my streams went on, you know, I can hit it when, you know, it's, I I'll get there. I will absolutely, absolutely get there, but that's the advantage of me having it here, being able to put time on it, play it versus you know, a casual person walking up to it in a bar, putting two games on it. They're probably going to be like, dude, that just kicked my butt and walk away. Go ahead, Tom. I was going to say, uh, everybody's uh, experiences might be different. I, Travis, shut up. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm not even looking at you anymore. Uh, so the two games I played on location had did not have the scoop protectors on the front. So it made, uh, made that shot a lot easier. So I'm, I'm thinking, you know, if that scoop protector is there and it's causing rejects and you know everything else, uh, that that could certainly cause people to not like the game. Rob, yeah. So my my two cents. Uh, I was going to jump in there on this actually. The one time I did hit the ball through the pops and come around that orbit, I think I remember holding up the right flipper and it bounced it right into that scoop. And I'm like, well done, gentlemen. Good design. Yep. It's not the shadow where sometimes it goes in the con, sometimes it doesn't, you know. But the one thing that I was going to bring up with the scoop protectors, my personal t- uh, opinion as a player, no cliffies, no scoop protectors on any game until you go sell it. I want that wood finish. I want that wood bevel. I want that open scoop. It's the way the game is designed. It's going to get wear and tear. But you can put that cliffy on at the end and make it pretty and showy for the next person to buy it. And they, if they buy it with it wore, um, worn out, then you buy a cliffy and put it on there. But my personal opinion is no cliffies on no games if I can avoid it. Yeah, that's an interesting take. I mean, you know, though, any you go to any buyer thread on on pin side in the moment that there's a chip or a wear and they're like, is this expected after 40 plays and they show a scoop? I mean, where they're going to then assume a play field. Def- I mean, I understand why Stern's doing it, but, and the reality is if Stern does it to protect their back, 
it's up to the homeowner or the, 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 whoever's routing the game. If they want to take it off, take it off. But well, what's fascinating about this, if you look at this weekend, pinballs, uh, pic- pictures of it, right. Yeah. The pro, and I'm not even looking at the pre, well, this is actually the premium I'm looking at now. It doesn't have those protectors on there. Huh? Correct. And That's so, what I'm looking at right now. Yeah, so no- obviously this was a later part at some point. And I don't know if it was just a last second decision, it's clear that whatever parts on there now in the pro is not the correct part. It's crystal clear because within three to five games, it's just trashed out. And it's really bizarre because you look at Aerosmith, most of those all came with some type of scoop protector and it doesn't have widespread uh, problems with it. But then if you look at guardians of the galaxy, guess what? That didn't come with a scoop protector and you don't hear about a bunch of issues either there. So this situation is just kind of like a, I don't know, scoop gate. I, I don't know what to call it. It's just, it's just yeah. odd. It, yeah. it just, it just goes to show you something like this. You know that this was not tested at Stern. You know, it wasn't because otherwise they would know within five games on any model that something was up. They would know after two games, something was up. So I kind of feel like that this is a very much last second part that came in very late to production and just happened to be the wrong type of part that, I don't know. That's just my theory. I don't have that confirmed, but it's not on the promo pictures. I don't even know if it was on the one that they premiered with Dead Flip. I, I don't even know if that one even had one. So I don't know. I I, don't know. I, I think you're right, but I I mean I, I'm looking at it right now and and between Zach having this game, he put some games on it. I and he he recorded a whole video with it and I've had I mean Mine has easily less than a hundred plays and the scoop still works, but it's, I, it is banged up. I, it mm-hmm. is one of those, like I'm, I will pull that until there is a fix. So I don't know. I'm curious. I mean, Tom, your LE is being made right now with love and care. And I hope that your, uh, the scoop protector, they've even done a different one or that, you know, we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, but I don't, with that aside, I, the main reason I wanted to, to bring up rush was, and I, not to plug, but the flipping out stream, the flipping out stream, it, the video is now on YouTube. So check it out. I, you can see my level of play. It's mediocre at best, but Ray Day didn't, ex- you don't have to agree with that, Tom. Tom you were shaking, you're shaking That's your fair. head very vigorously, you know, to that comment. But uh, Raymond did an amazing job explaining the rules. And just hearing that, I think could be extremely helpful for a lot of people. And and I, I'm not going to get too deep into it, but what excites me about this game, and correct me if I'm wrong, if, if there's other games that do this, but what this game gives you, before you get in a mode, like to start your first mode, you have to hit two records, with a, which in a record corresponds with the main shots. So you, have, you basically just have to hit two of the main shots. That's all you have to do to get into a mode. But Different records have different colors. The colors represent different songs. So if you're hitting the shots with the same color, then all of those shots, when you actually get into the mode, are now worth two times what they normally are worth. If you're hitting shots that aren't corresponding with the color of that mode, those shots are bringing in 10% additional value to your mode for every single shot you hit. If you happen to hit all of the main shots before you start your mode, they all relight. So you can keep adding. So... As you're before you've even started a mode, you can just start hitting all these shots, and that's what Raymond's saying. He's like, before you start the mode, you could you could start your mode knowing that that mode is now worth 200% value of what it was going to be worth before, and have certain shots that are now worth two times. On top of that, there's a whole bunch of combos in this game. Hitting certain combos, hitting certain combos actually gives you like a smart missile or like a like a boom button. 
A weapon. A weapon is what they're Gives calling a weapon. it. And yep. it's for only particular songs. The it's weapons correspond song. to an album. And if the song you're playing happens to be on that album, then you can use the weapon. So there's a whole nother level strategy there where before I start this certain mode, I want to get it to this certain percentage. I want to make sure I've hit, I've hit this particular combo so that I can use this weapon and boom, I can get into that, bam, hit the button and just get a ridiculous amount of points. What I say, Travis? I said No, you're though. saying everything perfect. I'm just enjoying seeing Rob's face just gradually just try to Change, really yeah. focus in on what's being said. And he's like, oh, taking all these notes down. So. Well, you know, well, here's, here's the thing. I, I, I grew up in the 80s and 90s watching a lot of basketball. So if we play, you know, fast break, I know the trivia questions. But if yeah. I, I don't know Rush. So I don't know what songs on what albums and when it was debuted and all that kind of stuff. So that's that kind of obscure stuff that that's they, your better problem, buyers. Up, <laughs> they better have it flashing up on the LCD screen on, you know, hey, this is song is part of this album. It's worth more now if you do this. I mean, it's it, yeah, it's pretty complex there. But is it good or bad that they're forcing you to actually kind of get yourself involved with the theme? Because now you have to know the songs you have to know what goes together to get max amount of scoring i think that's a pretty genius way to do it myself although i don't know much about it either but it's forcing me to figure it out yes tom so so i think it was yesterday joel had asked us on our facebook you know do you know the colors to the songs right yeah and and each each song has a different color for the records but they're not distinguished on the middle of the play field, uh, what color those songs are. So, you know, to Joel's credit, uh, he, he, he had mentioned that, and I think it'd be a good idea to color those inserts as far as what, what the songs are. So, you know, people like me, I know, I know the songs, but other people don't. So what, what about, what about like a, uh, sorry, I wanted to talk over Tom at least once during oh, this episode. So, um, Everybody so else I could really it. feel like part of the group. You know, yeah, Tom, great, Tom quit it? talking. Yeah. I'm talking right now. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Tom, Tom, please stop. Okay, thanks. Um, maybe maybe a, fla- a fast flashing insert. Like you could have it color coded, but have it do something different if it's part of the stacking. You know, a quicker flash or a double flash, solid, double flash, solid. You can, you know, Morris code in some other cues that aren't tied to necessarily knowing songs, knowing albums, and still have the game be the same. Well, the song color, I think we actually have a fix for that. And and I'm already working with Pinmonk. Pinmonk makes some amazing, he makes these like gel inserts. Uh, they go under, they go between your LED and the game. And then they, like he made, he's, he's made some really good ones. Deadpool, he, he did some. Turtles, Maiden. he did some. Maiden, he's made some really cool ones. And so I basically reached out to him because, you know, like the big money that's right now, it's just a white insert, but that record is orange. So it's super easy. Like just it's, it's pink, big money. You are right. Yes. Pink. Yeah. Orange big is working. Money, man. Big money is pink. Joel. Big money is yes. Stop <laughs> working. Man is orange. But anyways, you, you, once you, I mean, you do learn them, but for a casual person that has no idea. Yeah. Like, Throw an insert in there, a gel insert, boom. Now you have your color coordinated. The albums and the weapons, I don't know. I don't know a good way to explain that. But I'm just, what I've found is, like, Travis was not, I don't think he was planning on buying this game. But now that he's started to realize the code possibilities and the scoring possibilities and the risk-reward of everything involved here, um, 
because Raymond Raymond made a comment during the stream that kind of blew my mind, which was, you know, I think it's kind of like law. You don't start a multi-ball until you start a mode. Like that's kind of, you know, whatever. 99 out of 100 times, you don't want to do a multi-ball unless you have a mode going. Well, Raymond made the comment. He goes, he goes, well, you could start your mode and then a multi-ball, or you could start your multi-ball and use that multi-ball to start racking up your records and start hitting your shots to increase the value of your mode. And that that's a crazy concept in my mind. Now I agree with you. Tom, Tom and Tom Robert and Robert, Robert, yeah. 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 Tom and Robert yeah. just doing charades of different wrestlers in the background. <laughs> so, um, but I don't... No, Joel, you're to me, you're absolutely correct. So one of the things about this game, and I didn't get around to this cause I was just talking about what I felt was wrong with the game. But that being said, I personally think that this game has high end potential of being a home run when it's all said and done. Like I can see the elements there with this and it wasn't the same feeling that I was getting with turtles or Mando. It was just, or even stranger things early on, you know, games like that. It's just more or less. You see the potential of this game. You see what the rule set could be. And what I really do love about this rule set is there's a lot of risk reward built in close to the start button. And we don't see that too much. And it's forcing you to explore the entire play field. It's forcing you to say, you know what? That left side may be death, but I'm going to have to hit that at some point because of the combo system, because of trying to get songs matched up with albums and try to get your scoring higher. And you know what? If you're not into any one of those things, if you could care less about all that and it's just too overwhelming, but you're just a Rush fan, you're probably still going to enjoy it because the yeah. Rush music on it is actually pretty good. The callouts are pretty good on it. I mean, everything makes sense. It feels like that this is a rush pin. It doesn't feel like Led Zeppelin did to where you could just tell there was corners cut within that game. You you just knew it was, and it took away from a lot of the game. You don't get that from this at all. You know, and this, this to me meshes perfectly. We all want a concert in a box, but we also all want a pinball machine in a box too. And you know what? This game does a good job at doing both. Yeah. And I, my, my takeaway after now a week is I absolutely think Rush fans will love this game. Um, it, it, the, the, integ the, the theme integration, the, the LCD, the callouts, everything to hear the callouts from the two guys themselves is actually really, really neat. Um, especially when you get an expression light kit in there, like the overall experience, the Rush experience is here. And I think Rush fans are going to really love this game, but I absolutely think competitive and tournament players are going to really get a lot of like joy out of this game. So Rob, it'll be exciting to talk to you in whatever, three months, six months, once you've put more time on it and wrapped your head around some of these rules. I think you're, I, I think I'm not, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think you're really going to get a kick out of this game for sure. Um, well, even, even from a rule standpoint though, if you haven't played this yet, you're going to get elements of walking dead in this. You're going to get elements of AC DC in this. You're going to have an excellent combo system. So those three things alone right there, I think even elements of Funhouse, for instance, when you're hitting the pop bumpers and that's adding on to time and that works your yourself to a multi-ball. So they've, I know that Ray and Tim, just looking at this, they've taken some things that are like greatest hits for a lot of tournament players that enjoy these certain, just the way that the game goes from a rule set point of view. And this is in there. So even if you're not a rules person, if you say you like Lyman games, this is as close as you're going to get right now because there's a few things that Lyman had the concepts for and they are here in this game. So, I mean, just from a rule standpoint, I think it's going to turn out excellent because it's going to keep going, keep going, keep going. 
And I think too, once those premiums and LEs comes, come out, people are going to enjoy how those shots work a little bit more because you can do the combo system a little bit easier yeah. as well. So, yeah, well, um, yeah, that's about all I can say. I mean, very initial impressions. I've only had it a week. It, what, Rob's had a game on it. Tom doesn't have his yet, but he blew it, blew up one on location the other week. I know Travis has been um, enjoying it as well. So we'll we'll definitely you know come back to it probably in a few weeks um, just to see where our impressions are at that point. But um, it's it's looking promising. I would say it's definitely. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see you know where where this game's going to go and and the love of it grow um transition to another thing here something that's actually been out for a while and i'm curious what you guys thoughts are insider connected insider connected kits i now have two i have two um i had one on godzilla rush obviously has this one i have one on turtles just initial impressions we can go around again you know it's been out long enough that we've all experienced it do you like it more less good experience bad experience we'll start again rob if you want to go first go for it Sure. Um, so my impression was it's long-term, it was a must have. So I had three games that it was available for. I got uh, Iron Maiden Pro, a Deadpool Pro and a Jurassic Park Premium. So as soon as I heard uh, pricing, I called uh, Flipping Out Pinball, Zach Mini, and yeah. uh, put my order in for those three and uh, got two initially um, and then got the third one in. I haven't installed two of them, just hadn't got around to it. So I like the idea of it. I'm a gamer at heart. I'm somebody that's a completionist, um, you know, playing like games like Legend of Zelda, Final Fantasy, where I want to do all the things and all the side quests and all the all the stuff. Yep. Come on, Breath of the Wild 2. Where are you at, baby? Where are you at? So um, having those achievement-based, I can see can draw in the younger crowd, something to accomplish. There's leaderboards. Who knows where they'll go with it? So I think it's an exciting thing for pinball overall. And I... I do appreciate um, with the cost of pinball, not going to go down that road, but the fact that they rolled these out at $200 a game, even though it's adding $300 a game to the new game, but they allowed everybody to retrofit for $200 a game. I felt like that was fair. They probably made a little bit of money, but they're not, you know, it's not a cash grab and it's allowing me to update my game. So if I do go to sell it later on the, down the, the road, I've, I've got a, a fully functioning game. So yeah. Um, overall, I think it's uh, uh, brilliant, and I think it has a lot of potential. It just depends on where they go with it. I I do know that, you know, as as a young gamer, I'm ex or an older gamer, but somebody's been gaming. I, I love the idea, but as uh, I turned fifty this year, as an older pinball guy, um, I can see how the potential for DLC content is scaring a lot of people. And could turn a lot of people off. So I think they're going to have to tread lightly with that. Um, and that's just, it's just my two cents. I'll let you guys ad lib on that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, my entire uh, Insider Connected experience has been just at home. I have yet to play a game on location that has had a kit installed. So I can't, I can't talk to that. But Travis, I know Travis and Tom definitely can. But from a home experience i've really enjoyed it especially with streaming you know if i i streamed turtles the other day i knew i was going to play the game for two hours and to know like at my skill level you know reaching cowabunga not going to happen 
you know, reaching final battle on a single one player game, not going to happen. But there's a bunch of other little things there that I find really intriguing. So as I'm playing, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to attack this game totally different than I, or, than I normally will, because I'm focusing on this achievement. Now, to me, I, I love turtles. I'm, I'm a huge fan of turtles. I don't see this game going anywhere. There will be a point where I will probably get all those achievements. And, and at that point, do I have any interest in redoing them? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but I will say it's definitely going to prolong the wanting to own this game or playing this game. Go ahead, Rob. I, I agree with you. That was the only thing that I missed in my comments was because I'm a completionist. A lot of times I, you know, once I get through all of them, then what mm-hmm. they, yeah. they need to be rolling out new challenges or can you do this times two? I mean, I'm excited about Iron Maiden. I've made run to the Hills on Iron Maiden. I'm looking forward to going back and play and try to get there again. I've made it to when uh, dinos ruled the earth on Jurassic park. Now I get to do it again and I get an award for it. So it's exciting for me to go. So it is adding that longevity to the game, but they, they can't let it be stagnant. And I don't know how that works into there because you can't constantly update the games, but you've got insider connected now. So you can constantly update the games and do little patches for new achievements or new different things or, you know, achievement of the week or the month. So good, Travis. Yeah. Just going off what Rob was saying, and this is, my take with the uh, Insider Connector right now, the achievements are fun to do up front. But the reality is, is if you're an above average player, you're going to get the achievements really, really quickly. And some of them maybe within less than five games. It just depends. Then you might have two to three achievements that you got to clean up afterwards. So that's typically what everybody's been experiencing right now. That's above average players. But that being said, what this is really lacking at this point is just the content. And I think really the content needs to come into play through adding in additional challenges, like Rob was saying earlier, whether it's weekly things, whether it's getting XP that way, and then you can unlock some type of badge or something like that. It it absolutely shocks me and floors me that this released without any badge system in place for all the users. I mean, they kind of did it with Expo, but to me, it's just, you just follow what Peloton does. They have badges just for playing X amount of games or doing certain certain task or so many miles or meeting so many milestones that something like that is needed because that keeps your community engaged and that keeps them coming back to that particular game. So the fact that this released without that in place kind of shocks me. I'm very surprised it's still not with the system right now. So I play a game called Asphalt 9. It's a racing simulator game. Um, They have it on computers. They've had it on different systems and they finally came out with a switch and I play that thing all the time. And there's individual modes that you play and achievements and you're building cars and all this kind of stuff. But then there's multiplayer. And that's where this has to go. I've got to be able to get on my maiden and somebody else get on their maiden. They're all connected to the internet. And we say, play a competitive game against Insider Connected 56433, whatever your code is. And that screen should be able to come up on the LCD display screen and have this person's score and this year's score. And you get that the um, the stern challenges that they've done where you like, okay, the first one to get this many points or this many shots or whatever, those should be like a random number generator. Doot, 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 and, and it flashes up there and it goes three, two, one. And both people start playing at the same time. 
They don't have to be like synced to the second because it's synced to the game and displays yeah. that back and forth. And, and you can build that so you can have a multiplayer version. And that's where it needs to go to be engaging. If it's just earning rewards by yourself on your game at your house over time, you're going to just not enjoy it. There needs to be that interconnectivity with with other people. Yeah. But don't you find it interesting, though, right now that pinball is trying to figure out ways to get people together right online but yet right now gaming has been doing that for so long that it's already came all the way back around to the first player experience or sing solo player experience that's the hilarious part about this like with god of war games like that so it's kind of curious to see how stern tries to tries to do this i think it is smart to try to have something just like you talked about rob and i think something like that would be a lot more fun you could even get a group together of, I wish they would do it, 8, 12, 16 people, ha however, you know, private rooms, whatever, give a password, you're in the tournament. They do this with chess all the time. So I don't see why they can't do this with something about pinball. And to me, that'd be a lot of fun. Just to, and it's not even having to talk to each other. It's just knowing that you showed up for this or there's open lobbies or whatever, and you can get connected with other people and be able to play in open lobbies against people. I wish that that was something that existed. Tom, what do you think? Would you do something like that? Yeah. <laughs> nice. So I, I'll, I'll I just be, looked. At, I'll be honest. I got uh, Joel. Yeah. I'm going to interrupt you. No, I want. I wanted you to go. I know your opinion. Yeah. Um. For, first of all, Joel. Um. Thanks to you, Zach sent me a few, uh, premium, uh, insider connects that I didn't need. So thanks for that. Um. My How did pro, I have a my part pro, in that? Well, because you tell everybody that I'm the Ellie Elitis, even though I have a bunch of pro machines. Oh. And Zach just assumed that I had all premium oh, and Ellie. Wow. So, yep. so thank you for that. Anyways. Which, which pro kit do you have now? What's which, it for? They're all uh, the same. They're Iron not, Maiden? Probably Deadpool. Uh, Iron Maiden, Deadpool, Stranger Things... Uh, See, I just wanted him to start listing out his yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. so bad for you. You got the wrong version. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I, honestly, uh, I'm, I'm not real impressed with the whole uh, Stern Insider Connect. I can see you that. Feel free to elaborate. You know, you. <laughs> no, That's I don't a... want to. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, spend, you spend $200. They're raising the price of the game is 300 uh, and you just get a bunch of achievements. Hi, future Joel here. At this point, we saw Tom's call drop off, and we thought he disconnected for comedic effect. Later, we learned it was actually technical difficulties. Please bear with us for the next few minutes as Travis, Rob, and I try our best to do a podcast without Tom. Oh, he just clocked out. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. He's doing tell offline. Him, Let's see if he comes come back. back. He, he was cracking me up. Yeah. I, I liked what he was saying to you there. Well, I know one of his frustrations was he's voiced a few different frustrations in our in our Facebook chat, and um, and a lot of them so. deal with uh, like location play. So he's he's basically saying he's he's tried to play a few insider connected games on location, and they're like not they're not uh they'll they'll be active but they don't count. What's the what's the word I'm looking for here? Certified, certified, verified, verified, verified. Right. Yep. Verified. So it's like, hey, I'm doing this on location, but I'm not getting my, you know, I'm not getting full credit here. Or, um, and I know that Travis, you said like that's 
that's the operator, that responsibility to go that extra mile and make it verified. But there's like a cost associated to it. Yeah, Is I'm not right? quite sure. I know that there's some type of location, like a commercial operator thing, but I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. That's what I need to find out myself. We need to figure out where Tom went. Yeah, I'm texting right now. You coming back? He just talked out. I don't know if he, he took us. Uh, I think the three of us are positive on, like, I still look at Insider Connected as, like, potential. This this is a, this is a platform that they can do a lot with, but they've only done a little so far. And I, I don't know. I mean, for, it sounds like, Rob, you ordered, you had three games, you ordered three kits. Um, Correct. And... Tom ordered a bunch of kits for his game. So I don't know if he's like regretting that. Like, Hey, I, maybe I shouldn't have ordered all these kits or I, no, I, mean, I think it's good to have on games that you're retrofitting though, because those games, they're going to go up in value Yeah. either way. And having something like that to where somebody gets to avoid having to get the product and install it themselves. To me, that's the one modification that actually provides value to a game. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, I mean, I do think it is comical. I've already seen it once where um, there was somebody who bought a Godzilla and sold the Insider Connected kit. Oh, they like, they like took pulled it, the kit it, out and yeah, sold it? Took nice. it off and sold it. And so what I think is comical is somebody posted, they said, I just bought a Godzilla used and the previous buyer had sold the kit, <laughs> like sold the Insider Connected kit. And he was trying to find because he had replaced the apron too. So he was like, how do I go about buying this stuff to build it, like put it back? Um, so I don't know. I, my view is I, I just, I, there are things about it that I'm really, that I'm already enjoying. And we've talked a lot. We've talked multiple times before about, um, you know, the potential of insider connected. And I, you know, if they can, I, I hope, I hope they're working towards some of that stuff. So, what else we have? We had that on there. I just, I know Tom was worked up about it because yeah, he had played a few games on location that, you know, he's like, here, I'm trying to give it a shot and I'm not even getting all my points and do operators, you know, they've marketed this heavily towards operators Are operators not even doing this. Are they not taking it seriously? And maybe I don't, I don't know. That, well, that's what I'm wondering too, is that they need to have operator support a little bit more at some point too, because originally they had said that the operator operators would be able to say, this is our promotion that we're doing. You get X amount of points or you get some type of achievement with them. You could get a badge or you could get something connected to whatever their business is, money off something or something like that. So I don't know. I would, I would expect something like that would show up maybe this summer, I would hope, because it had been out for several months by then. So to me, other options have to be coming, coming pretty soon. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, just an app. Just just a dedicated app. Yeah, that would help as well. Yeah, but well, um, I don't know. Tom's not Tom disconnected, so I I think we just keep going. Maybe Um, he might be mad about uh about his placing when we played each other at Classics One. I don't know because he's going to be here and talk about that. Yeah, that's the next topic. Is is at this point okay? At at this point, if anybody just really can't stand tournament talk and and you made it this far, appreciate you. And you you must stay. We'll 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 talk to you next episode. But the reality is, there's value here, and and what I mean by that is, um, there is there's entertainment to competitive pinball that I think novice players are missing out on. And and you don't have to actually be the person competing. It's just seeing the skill, seeing the abilities that they have. And like, man, it's, I mean, I, I compare it maybe to like golf, you know, there's plenty of people that go out there every once in a while and hack away on, on, 
at golf and have a good time. But when you actually watch professional golf players play and they, the consistency that they have and the shots that they have, you know, you can look at that and be in awe or be like, man, I wish I could do like, that's how I felt watching you guys play. Just like the control that you have, the patience that you have, some of the flipper skills, the nudging skills that you have, um, you know, really, really impressive. And then, and, and I, I got a big kick out of that, but Rob, go for it. It reminds me of some of the the old classic commercials and even some of the new ones with the, you know, the golf, you know, these guys are good making these crazy shots back when uh, Jordan and bird did these, you know, nothing but net commercials. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah. And it's just like, there's no way they did that. No. Yeah. They're, they, they're doing some of that stuff is a fabricated of course, but some of the stuff that high level athletes can do are, are pretty impressive. And, even, even at my level, I sit there and I watch Keith and I watch Kaylee and I watch these younger kids and, and I watch some of the things they're doing. And I'm like, man, I still got a lot to learn and a lot to, to get better at because that's some of it's just crazy. Yeah. And, and one quick aside, there's one person that kind of blew me away and his, his name's Walt. Walt. What's his, what's his last name? Uh, Walt, um, Wood. Yeah. Walt Wood. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a secret he's a, superhero. Walt Wood. He's a you know. character. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's watching him play, like watching him play. Not only was what, I mean, I'm not going to discredit his actual ability, his actual flipper ability. And, and he can hit shots. I mean, the guy is a good player. There's no denying that, but the, the movement that he he adds to every single one of his shots. I mean, he's just you got to watch him. Look it up. I, he he made uh, he was in the final open. Not that he didn't make it all the way to the finals, but he was he was playing in the open. Um, I don't know. Hopefully somebody clipped it. But man, what a character! I mean, he brought personality to uh, to the game, which was pretty great. Well, it um, was amazing to me how much he could move and still hit his yeah. shots. Like, there's no way I could do something like that. I have to remain steady. And he was able to move his entire body, his entire field of vision, everything. And then he was still just deadly accurate. I mean, it was it was highly entertaining to watch. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, sure. I can do that on streams for fun, especially when I'm doing drinking streams, jumping around, being all crazy. And I will get animated sometimes even in, in tournament plays and stuff like that. But the the it's entertaining to watch, but I... I saw him fumble one ball that he could have saved because he wasn't at the flippers. And so it's entertaining for sure, but there's something to say about not having your hand on the game and your, your fingers on the flippers at all times to pre nudge or, or be ready. But yeah, the, 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 the guy's awesome and it's intense to watch and it's, 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 it's entertaining for sure. And he, and he can play, he can play some pinball. Yeah. Well, it really comes down to like, um, I mean, Keith Elwin. If Keith Elwin's the best tournament player that's ever played, what does he do? He is as calm and as collected as you could ever ask for. So if it's like if that if that's the recipe for success, then then yeah, maybe playing a little more controlled is is probably the better way to go. But I'll tell you what, I I enjoyed the heck out of it. I if that's how he's playing, I mean, I, I like watching. I him, mean, but. at the end of the day, he came up with his style. He was using his style, and he had some success with it. He, I think, he finished top fifteen, if not top yeah. ten. He made semifinals, right? Yeah, and I'm drawing the blank. Who was the, who was the guy from back in the day that jumped all over the place? Uh, Rick Stetta. Stetta, yeah. Right? I mean, he yeah. was he was that's down. He was up. He was yeah. all over the place. So yep. You know, so there's there's precedent for this, just not on games that weren't very much older than what even Walt was playing on there. So it's, uh, it, you know, I can't, 
I can't really say it enough how impressive that truly was because just like you talked about a second ago, Rob, if you miss a shot and you're not at the flipper, it's coming back fast enough that you're not going to be ready to nudge. You're not going to be ready to save it. And the fact that Walt was able to do this and not really be in that position too many times, except for maybe just a handful or once, speaks to volumes of how accurate his shots truly were, which is even more amazing to me because those games did play tough and you got to be accurate to have success. And he was doing a great job of that. Yeah, for sure. All right. I think we're back here. Um, we had a step away. Yeah. So Tom is back. We got Tom here to, to really like, let's, let's dive in here on this tournament. So the reality was this was, we had Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There was actually, was, was it four? There were four main tournaments played. No, there was five. Five. Five, five, five and the women's, women's six, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the youth, seven. Hi, it's future Joel again, just here to correct, you know, all the mistakes we make on the podcast. Um, when we said four or five major tournaments, what we're, what I was actually trying to refer to were the tournaments that I know that Rob, Travis, and Tom actively participated in. Those were the ones that I was tracking and watching from afar. I absolutely did not want to discredit how important the women's tournament or youth or any of the other tournaments were. Um, so just wanted to correct that to make sure nobody was offended. And here we go. So I know every single night there was always, there was excitement every single night, um, doing that. And then in the background, you know, Travis had alluded to this earlier, this, there's, this is a ticket format. So in the background, people are playing, trying to build their ticket, trying to get to the main, the open, which is Sunday, which was Sunday's big event. Um, but yeah, let's, so let's just go chronologically. So Thursday night, Thursday night, that was what game was that? Was what what tournament happened on Thursday? It was the was targeted the, uh, match play. Yeah. And it actually Target match started play. Thursday afternoon, right noon, I believe. Gotcha. And I remember I, I caught just a tiny bit of that because the streaming was just at the end. But um Travis, you actually did you ended up doing the best in that, right? Because you got Well, I got I got a little bit lucky. I have this thing yeah. to where I never play in the top group and I just hang out. In the bottom groups and just buy the dip and eventually just work my way up. Yeah. But it never, it never works out because it's always a top five finish, but never a top two finish. So, yeah. And that, the way that tournament played was it's the first person to get 30 points. Right. And so I remember seeing the final status. Number one has 30. What was it? Like number two had, I don't know, 28. It's like, or 29, 28. And then number four, Travis happened to have 27. And then there was like, 20 people that all had 26 <laughs> so travis it seems like you just you just happened to hit i'm assuming in your your last game something went right to get well that my 27th last seventh point my last game was actually hilarious because i played this with tom and neil right there and i was on uh dolly parton against zach sharp zach mccarthy now world champion zach mccarthy and who else was with me uh, uh tim sexton Oof. and yeah so the hilarious part about this game is so if you knock down the first inline drop target, it lights your spinner for a thousand, right? Well, that spinner by far was probably the shittiest spinner I've ever seen <laughs> in my life on a pinball machine. I had it lit, I ripped it. You know how many points I got out of it, Joel? Two. I don't know. Close. Three thousand. It got three spins. I was just like, oh. This is not going to work. So yeah. I figured out the meta after ball one. I'm like, well, I'm not going to tell these three guys. Maybe they don't they don't realize this is happening. But yeah, so I ended up just switching up my uh, my strategy and just kept going back up top, trying to get Dolly letters. And I just ignored the spinner completely. I mean, if 
if I had on the flipper, I was just trying to send it back up top anyway. So I got lucky. Yeah. Then I think I got Zach McCarthy by maybe like 10,000 points on that game. It wasn't much, but that was enough to, uh, to get me over and get me in uh, fourth place at the end of the get day. To that fourth. So, yeah, so I remember seeing that and I was like, awesome. I'm glad people are having success. And, and it was cool watching the standards, like the open qualifying stuff, because seeing, you know, seeing the three of your guys name and Neil and Ray Day and all these others, like where they're at, are they even qualified in top 40 yet? And seeing that day to day, I mean, it was constantly changing and fluctuating, which was really cool. But I know the, the, the real exciting thing started the next day, which was Friday, which is classics one. And so classic games are anything before DMD it counts as a classic. So what was the, in the classics bank, what was the most modern quote unquote modern game that was being played in the classics bank? Tom might know this one. Tom, what do you think? I was trying to think about it. Um, it was big game. Maybe Genesis. Maybe. Yeah. I'm looking through the games right now. Yeah. But that was on day two, wasn't it? No, big game was in both days. Oh, it was both. But Genesis was a skateball. But we're talking, I mean, these are, yeah. So anything before DMD, so alphanumeric. So it's, there's some really cool, it was, I mean, these are the games that, yeah, typically have a thing, you know, it may only be one thing to do. And there were some games on there I'd never heard of, never seen before, but I'm going to kind of let you guys take this because all three of you guys did very well. And it was really cool to watch that tournament because, you know, to see you guys, you know, do so well in it um, was really neat. So I don't know. I mean, you you have the memory. Rob, if you want to kind of take it away, I'm, go for I'm it. I'm just going to real quick and we'll take that line. So here, here uh, that much time. Here's here's the lineup for Foursquare, which is an EM, Abracadabra, Argosy, Big Game, Eldorado, Firepower, Future Spa, Heavy Metal Meltdown, Jack's Open, Jungle Princess, Magic. <laughs> Mars Trek, Meteor, Mystic, Nine Ball, Paragon, Skateball, Stargazer, Stars, and Strikes and Spares. So that kind of gives you an overview of what it is. It's a lot of, but, like you said, Joel, it's a lot of know the thing, do the thing. Is it light the spinner and rip the spinner? Is it uh, inline drops for bonus X? Is it, you know, a lot of these games are either bonus heavy or they're spinner heavy. So yeah. what's interesting about the classics is it's only a four game ticket. So it makes it actually a little harder because on the five game ticket, you can have a medium game. You can even have a zero game. There's some people that qualified for the open with a zero game, but with four games, you've got to have four fairly solid games. And that's one of the keys, the classic to get, to make the cut. Tom, were you, you were, you had something there. Oh, I was just going to say, Rob Rob said Heavy Metal Meltdown, which which it is listed here, but there's no scores. So, oh, it um, must have died, yep. Yeah, yeah I, I never saw that streamed. There was a, I, I yeah. think the only, uh, like, the newest game in that bank on day one was uh, El Dorado. It's the only one with, like, yeah. and that it, I can think of. What was the game, though? And I know all three of you, and... and we don't have a ton of time to like go through game by game and all that stuff, but there was the, what, what is the, it starts with an A. You guys all played it multiple times. Robert. Yeah. Argus. Argus. Right. Argus. 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 I saw that streamed multiple times and that game was, I mean, it's very much a do the thing and just keep going. And I, I remember really being impressed by that watching the, cause it got, 
pretty near the like all three of you guys were playing that um at the same time but i don't know i i what was the fun the end result was uh, rob you you were number one um and then what was two and how did it work I finished first. Paragon, <laughs> Paragon was the first game, and uh, that was interesting because Rob really, uh, he really blew it up in the finals. Uh, my game had, I, I didn't flip the first two balls, and then my third ball I got in a groove and uh, got some points, but then uh, Travis ended, had a chance to pass me to take third on that game and ended up tilting out. Oh, I tilted, I think 30,000 in bonus away. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. And notice nobody said collusion though. Uh, so that was, that was nice of them. Nobody, nobody claimed that, but yeah, so <laughs> it, it was weird. It's like, I knew where I was at on bonus, but yet somehow, even after telling myself don't tilt, no matter what I still did. And I don't think I made that big of a move because if you watch back, I flipped one last time with my right flipper just out of frustration because the ball had drained. And then it tilted right afterwards. So I got a feeling somehow my frustration flip might have induced it. <laughs> and looking back at it, I'm just kind of like, that's why I was standing there just so shocked that it actually tilted. Cause I was like, I did not make any type of move on it. And during qualifying, you could make moves on it. I mean, you couldn't throw it across the room and pull a Nahorniak on it, but you could do some stuff with it. And I didn't feel like I did that at all because it's a wide body and it wasn't the situation to do it. But yeah, I ended up being the idiot in front of several hundred people tilting away bonus to take fourth place too, Joel. So I got uh, no points. Well, yeah. So four that I, oh yeah. Well, yeah. And then I don't know, Tom, what was your, what was your memorable moment then from that or the haunting? Maybe it's good. Feel free. If you have a good one, go for it. But if you have something that haunts you, like what Travis just said, then <laughs> the, whole, I mean, the whole game of strikes and spares, <laughs> yeah. uh, though I, I didn't play very well on that. And, it was funny because I had a couple previous rounds. I had taken first on it, uh, but yeah, just dumb luck kind of thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Just didn't didn't pan out. Yeah, yeah. So our final three games was Paragon, Future Spa, and Strikes and Spares. And so you know you have a Paragon, which is it's a combo game. You know you want the drops for the bonus X, but the spinner can also build your bonus to get to 20 X or 20 uh, to uh, carry over from ball to ball. So it, there's a little bit of different strategies on that game. And then future balls spas kind of similar. You're, you're hitting the drops to uh, build a bonus and then strikes and spares uh, is kind of interesting. You know, typically you like the spinner rip the spinner, but the spinner wasn't the best spinner on that game either. Um, and the bonus was building. If you could clear ABC up top. So I switched gears and stopped trying to rip the spinner and I went, went, with the left flipper, I went uh, to the right side trying to catch that uh, scoop for a three three x a three k bonus build up, and then get it back up top. So it was a it was interesting finals, and it wasn't my favorite games. I was driving the bus. I qualified thirteenth, but everybody else got knocked out. But it's the same situation we talked about in the open. Couldn't repeat games, so I couldn't pick Argosy. I couldn't pick big game. I couldn't pick um, Meteor or some of the games that I would have liked to go to. Um, so I picked the best of what was left and that's what you had for finals. Yeah. And you, you did it. <laughs> you performed well and yeah, it was really cool to see that. So, I mean, congrats Rob on Thank that you. win. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. Um, so Travis, you ended up placing fourth and then Tom, where were you at in that, 
Do you remember? On which game? I'm sorry. Just in the overall. On- no, I I was uh, we were Travis and I were tied for third, and we had to have a playoff. And uh, Travis Travis beat me on Meteor. I mean, I tried to distract him when he was having a good ball, <laughs> screaming at the top of my lungs, but it didn't work. I'm sorry, Tom. <laughs> who, I was there for who you. Who ended second then? I appreciated that. Uh, David, uh, David Real. Real. Yeah. So it was the top view three and David for the four. With that, that was really cool. That was really neat to see. Um, that was awesome. That was awesome to see. So that was Classics 1. So then you go into the next day. And once again, I'm just kind of watching from afar. The stream hasn't started yet, but you can kind of see who's qualifying where. And uh, Travis, did you even like? Were you just burnt? Like, how are how were you just burnt out on that? Or, or you were? I mean, I'm assuming you you were trying to get into classics too. Oh, you ta- oh, are you talking about how I qualified basically last second? That, that must have been about? it. Because I was just like, is Travis? What's going on? Oh like, yeah. Travis- so well, I- one Travis needed sleep, so I slept in <laughs> that morning and missed the first couple hours. But okay. two, I was basically just using my cards just to kind of test out games because it was a new bank this time around too, at least some of it. There was some overlap, but other than that, a lot of the games were newer and I hadn't played them before. So I wanted to kind of get the feel, kind of see where tilts are, try to see what game I want to include. Cause just like we talked about before with only four games, you have to really manage your time, but you have to make sure that those four games you're going to score well on. So you can qualify. Cause if one you do very, very bad on, you're basically SOL. So that was kind of my thing too, is I was just kind of waiting to see how different games were going to fill. And the hilarious part was, is a couple of people started talking about Sinbad towards the end, that it was actually manageable, that the bounces weren't crazy. And that's kind of the word that started getting around. And, and as soon it was as like, on five ball. Yeah. And yeah. And the fact it was on five ball. So words started getting around on that. And as soon as I heard the third person tell me that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go over there and look at it. Cause typically I don't play it at all. It usually eats my lunch. And when I went to play it the first time, that's when I pretty much figured out, okay, the bounces are where you think it's going to be, the tilts where you think it is, the shots are where you think it is. So it turned into one of those games that just happened to be on my card when I didn't even wake up that morning expecting it to be on. And I think it turned out pretty well because I think I ended up getting the number three or number four ranked overall score on it. But that being said, then I don't even pick it in the finals when I could have twice. So yeah, so there you go. Nice. Yeah, there was so there was eighteen games in both classics banks. There was nine repeats, so there was nine games that were in classic one that carried over to classics two, and that's just because I mean there's a lot of games there. So to have complete turnover of eighteen games is is asking a lot. Previous yeah. previous ones have been on the same eighteen both rounds, so this actually was a little different, and uh, I I enjoyed that better having some new choices. So- so how do you, I mean, for the three of you guys to all make the final four the night before, like, how do you show up the next day and think like, all right, time to do it again? You know, like, is it, is it motivating? Like I, 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 I had great success the night before, like, let's, let's do it again. Or is it almost like, all right, here we go. You know, um, I don't know. How, how's the mentality the second day? Um, go ahead, Rob. So, you know, being lucky enough and, and, it's a combination to win these things. It's it's definitely skill. You've got to be on. You've got to be making your shots. But you also got to get some in lanes. You've got to get some bounces. You know, these games are, are are set up that if they go out, they go out. And, you know, Tom, Tom had the perfect thing on strikes and spares. He never even got to play. I mean, the ball was just gone. So you've got to have some little love on top of that. But I came in the next day with me personally with no pressure. I came to the event 
in 2020, I didn't make the cut for anything. I just won the first big event. It's all gravy at this. I was just hoping to make the cut in one of the four tournaments. So I came in pretty loose and sure enough, first ticket, boom, Argosy, boom, Paragon. I just, and then I think Mars Trek. And then I think Sinbad was my last game. And I just, for one ticket, one ticket and done. I put up like four scores that were in the top 10 early on, no bleeders and uh, went to go play open ticket. So that, that was my experience. Uh, how about you, Tom? My experience was classics one and that was about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. kind of what you were alluding to before you were thinking of, uh, you know, getting into one thing. I, I honestly thought I would get into the open, which I didn't. Uh, but, uh, getting into classics was, uh, definitely special, especially getting into finals. But, uh, yeah, that's the thing about the ticket format. I mean, when you play in a herb style or a bus game, it's easy to just keep going back and get a, you can eventually get a higher score if you're a really good player. But uh, when when you're doing the ticket format and you're doing it on four or five games, it, it's it's tough. Yeah, yeah. So at the end of the at classics two, I mean Travis, you did get in. Yeah, and then I yeah. promptly blew it in the first round. I think I was <laughs> uh, so I took second in big game, and then I took second on Genesis, which gave me four points, which made the scores eight four two zero. So basically all I needed to do was, and Jermaine got out of the way since he was through to the next round. So he took position and all I needed to do was just pick a game that I could take third or higher on. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I'll just do Paragon. I feel fine enough with this. I'm not going to tilt. It'll be fine. And what ended up happening was that Jermaine, he finished up, he, he picked player one. Like I said, he got out of the way. He finished up with about 37,900 points. So that's all I had to beat. That was it. And somehow I magically ended up with 21,780 points on Paragon. My worst <laughs> score ever on a Paragon in competition by far. Mm. So I was, I went into this positive. I'll get at least a hundred thousand. And I came out of it like, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that on a game I just picked. And what ended up happening was, is the player that was in last place with zero points, they took first on Paragon with 131.7. So it wasn't even like it was a big score anyways, but it was good enough that everything got set in position to where since that player got a four and I took a zero, right? And then the player that had two took second. So now all of a sudden that created a three-way tie. So the scores ended up being nine, four, four, four after three games. So I got another pick and I'm like, crap, this sucks. I'm going to go ahead and pick a game that I feel highly confident on again. So I picked stars. And lo and behold, I end up doing the same thing pretty much to where <laughs> I I just can't get a ball in a flipper. It's everywhere. The, even my bailout shots aren't working. And I end up taking second and it just just a ball of flames, like a Michael Bay movie explosion yeah. happened. And that was that. And I realized right then and there, I was just like, I looked at my wife and I said, I'm so tired right now. I just want to go to bed. I want to go to sleep. So I didn't even do qualifying for the open anymore. I didn't put in any tickets. I was just like, wherever I end up at, I don't care about getting a buy. We'll just, hopefully I don't bleed too much. I was just so dead tired and mentally done that I just went to sleep. And yeah, I fell asleep around nine o'clock that night, I think. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it was nice. 
So you're the one that let Richie through to beat me and take me out in the quarterfinals. So I'm blaming you. Yes. So I basically caused a butterfly effect because Richie, Terry, he got all the way to finals after that. So he started off, I mean, with two zeros in a row, just he needed, I think even on the uh, statistics that Tim Sexton was providing on that worksheet or whatever it was, the spreadsheet, I think he had like a 3% chance of going through at that point. And I had some like an 80 some odd percent or whatever it was. And I proceeded to show you never bet on me when the odds are in my favor. So, <laughs> so I know, what was it? Uh, so that was the second day. I, Keith did, cause I was watching Keith Elwin. Like this was a big deal. The fact that Keith Elwin was, was really competing in a tournament again, you know, you kind of see him come in. It's like, well, how far is Keith going to go? How far is Escher going to go? How far is Ray Day going to go? You know, those types of names. Now you got Zach McCarthy. You know, you got these names that are just really taken over. And um, Keith, I remember, made it further the second day, right? Am I, am I wrong on that? Or Yeah, he finished second in Classics yeah, too. Yeah. Escher, Escher won and Raymond finished third, the three people you just mentioned. Yeah, exactly. So it's, Joel, it, you're talking to the man that eliminated Elwin. On the first day. Yes, on the first day. Yeah, Elwin yeah. was my wingman round one, and Tom was just like, Tom no. Took him out. He's like, you're not getting between us, buddy. I uh, did no such thing. <laughs> <laughs> but so, Robert, you made it the furthest then. So uh, Classics how did, classics 2, how did Classics 2 end for you? Or Yeah, I got into my, my uh, second group. I got through the first round was uh, Elwin, uh, Levy Naiman, who's really strong classic players, and Richie, Terry, who... Travis let through Travis and we, and we yeah. played, um, we had played big game and I got a set, third and then we played Argosy and I got a second. I should have came back to beat L one, but I choked, um, cause I was player four and then, uh, cheetah was not nice to me. So, um, I went out in 10th. So after a win, I'll take that all day long. So, yeah. Yeah. Which is great. So, I mean, another, I don't know. It was, yeah, I, I understand. I just don't know the stamina that you guys like. How how you come in the next day, ready to perform as well as you did the day. I don't know. It's just uh, with that level of play. So when I watch once again, watching from afar, I saw that. I was like, all right, you know, that's fine. But I, here we are. That was Saturday. So here we are, looking forward to Sunday. So Sunday was the. Oh, I mean, that's the. Did I missing something here? Or we were just you well, go right sat- into the open. Saturday was playoff classics too. So the qualifying started at nine, ended at four thirty. Playoffs at five. Mm-hmm. Uh, same same format for Classics 1. Um, but the whole time this is going on, you can put in tickets for the open and for the high stakes. That's so, right, high stakes. That's what I was forgetting. So yeah. while we were playing Classics Finals, there are other people who's playing the opens and putting in tickets for the main event. So as soon as Classics, as soon as I got knocked out of Classics, I went and started putting more open tickets in because I was I was in like 28th and I was steadily bleeding Unfortunately, I never needed to put in another ticket. I finished 39th and made the cut, but I probably put in, you know, four or five more tickets trying to improve that score because I didn't think it was going to make it. Yeah. So you made it. I know you made it. Travis, you you made it as well, right? What? Yes. Do you remember getting in? Like, what was the combo of get, five games? Do you remember what it was? Uh, like, what what yeah. got you in? So, well, what happened with me, I think I only did two cards total for the open because I actually ended up going to bed with two more cards that I could have used, but I was just too damn tired at that point. But I didn't even realize I did this till after the fact, but all five of my games I qualified on were from different, different manufacturers. So I had 
Frontier, Ninja Turtles, Laser Q, Mystery Castle, and Alien Star. And it was just one of those wow. things that I just, I played consistent across all of them. And just, I mean, the, the Ninja Turtle scores were really muted though at this. And a large part of that is because the ball saves for multi-ball were turned way down. And so that took a lot of the meta out of the game in terms of building up your hurry ups or building up to a 2x play field, just because just without those ball saves, you're basically hitting a target with a solo ball the whole time. And that's going to take a long time to build up. So I mean, it just really helped that those scores were muted for me because I think with 11, I'm looking at it right now with 11.1 million, it was good enough for 26 rank the whole time. And I thought that was going to be a bad game. So it turned out, you know, really wasn't that bad. And Frontier, I had ranked 14th at 1.6 million. Mystery Castle just got to 290, had really no idea what I was doing on it. Just timing out <laughs> modes, just hitting some shots, yeah. looking at some dancing skeletons and hope for the best. So Got a 73rd on that. And then Alien Star, I was a little disappointed with this one. I got 2.3 million for 26 rank, and yet it was playing super easy because there's no pop bumper working on it at the time. Yeah, what's up, bro? Yeah, so I had similar ticket. Um, just Alien Star was 38th ranked. Godzilla was 64th ranked. Sorcerer, 53 ranked. Batman, 35th ranked. And Mystery Castle, ranked 117. So if you can see, there was only only two scores above the 40th best score, but because they were consistent, it hops you up in the standing. So this really comes around to don't have a tank game and have, you know, a couple of really good games, a couple of meteor game, mediocre games and don't, don't tank anything. Huh? That's really interesting. Cause I really thought to qualify, you would have to be like, you would have had to have had, you know, one of your five games, maybe be a top 20 finish, you know, like a really good game, maybe one or two of those. And then three that just aren't terrible, but you're saying, I mean, the numbers that you listed there, Rob, were a lot lower than I would expect to get in, but that's just me guessing here from the out. I mean, yeah. Like, um, trying to find uh, another ticket. So here's an example. Uh, David Rao, real Rao, real. Um, his ticket was just kind of polar opposite. His Batman score was fourth, Dirty Harry 38th, Mystery Castle 23rd, Stargate 12th. Sounds really good, right? Nope. His TM, uh, Teen Danger Mutant Ninja Turtle scores was 225th. So he got zero points for that. But his other games were good enough to carry him through. And huh. so there's there's different ways to approach this. Um I don't like bleeder games and what bleeder games are is a game that's so bad that it's going to go to zero. You know, you're going to have zero points for that because the top score is 200, 195, 190, and then it goes down one point per game. Well, there's enough people playing that there's going to be 200 to 300 games played on these. And so if you have a stinker, it's going to go zero. Yeah. It, it, it may look good early in the standings, but it's going to go to zero. Yeah. And I'm not, this is not purposeful, but I, this, <laughs> so Tom, you're you did not qualify but what was your overall experience or scores or i mean what was yeah yeah i just couldn't really get anything going together um i really struggled on uh teenage mutant ninja turtles which is usually a strong game for me um uh, i felt really really good on royal rumble and robocop oh yeah brother <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, and a couple more, but I, yeah, I just couldn't, couldn't put a ticket together and you got to do that. 
So how do you like when do you so turtles? So you're saying you made it. So it sounds like you played turtles a few times. Were, were you starting with turtles, or was that like you were trying? Yeah, to- no, not necessarily. But it it was usually my like second or third game going into ticket. Okay. Um. So yeah, and I I was I was getting just a couple million on the game, which really wasn't going to do it for me. So at that point, I mean, you finish out the ticket, right, or do you just like? Uh, as a, as a tournament goes on. So, so in the beginning, yeah, you finish your ticket cause you're kind of practicing your games. But then after that, uh, once you get to Saturday, you, you, you start, yeah, this isn't going to work. Let's toss it out and just start over. Yeah. You know, cause there's no point in playing it anymore. It, it'd be interesting to see a uh, graph curve of when the cards were voided because the first couple days, <laughs> Like Tom was saying, if I had a crap game, game number one, perfect. Now I'm going to go play some games that I haven't played that, you know, maybe yeah. maybe for whatever reason, I figured out how to dead bounce trap up easier or save the ball. So I want to get every game. Also, I'm anticipating making the finals. I never go in going, I'm not going to make it. So I also try to put at least one game on every game because you never know what somebody else is going to pick. Oh, so, good point. So yeah, just to get experience. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's. It's practice. Then once you get to Saturday at five o'clock and there's six hours left, you know, game one, ah, it's not bad. Game two, ah, that was crap. Void, requeue, start over, um, and dump the ticket because it's it's vo- it's volume at that point. If if I don't get in, it doesn't matter if I practice on these games. So early on, I don't skip any of that money. It's four dollars a game. I'm gonna I'm gonna get my money's worth in in in, in practice. I, I played the best uh, Sunday night while high stakes was going on. <laughs> You're just, yeah. What, um, so 20 bucks a ticket. Do you guys know how many tickets? Cause I, like I was watching you guys, which was cool. You could see it all online, but it's, I only saw submitted tickets. So I never saw, it's like, I have no idea how many tickets you guys are avoiding in the background. I'm trying to um, look, I played a pretty late ticket. Um, Travis, do you know? Yeah, I can actually answer that. So I had um, Classics 1. I think I might have had one Voided ticket for that, and I might have put in two tickets total or one ticket for the uh, – or no, for Classics, I think I put in four. Oh, I didn't Void anything. I, Never I, mind. I, I have three. I think yeah. he's talking about total number of tickets over the weekend for everybody, Yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying to go through. I oh, think okay. I probably did – I did three open tickets, uh, two high stakes – I think seven classics. I think it's somewhere right around there. So it really well, wasn't, th- wasn't three, as much. So you three three open tickets. So that means you only played yeah. twelve. Uh, what is it? Fifteen games. Right. Well, no, I did it twice. Never mind. Two open tickets. I think. I think that's what I did. I can't remember. I might avoid it one because I, oh, I I shotgun was... through one really really fast just to test out some things. But I do know, just like Rob alluded to just a second ago. I did not play my other tickets that I could have to test out other games because I went, I decided I need to get some rest, need to get some sleep. And lo and behold, that bit me in the, in the ass because the very next day, all three games were on games that I didn't have any significant time on. Like I played dark Knight once with my initial card and that game just shat all over me. I, I think I got <laughs> 1.2 million, which is the worst in the whole tournament. And I was legitimately trying to get a ball and a flipper just cause I wanted to flip. And just see, but I don't think I even did but one flip on it, just a panic flip, and 
yeah, just tilted all three balls. So <laughs> just I found the tilt at least, but yeah, that's all I knew. Cause then I played Godzilla LE, knew the rules, didn't know the bounces to that game, and that kind of burned me. And then uh, Sorcerer, same thing. Knew the rules, knew how it was, and just wasn't prepped. I remember when we talked about free play Florida though, like you bought a ton of tickets. So that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I, I was, I was <laughs> thinking you were like, you know, you had like 40 plus tickets that you were doing and you only submitted two of them. No. So I did the exact opposite where I tried to buy less, but I got the combo, which gave me a high stakes and like $20 off. So with high stakes, I did accidentally submit my first card. I was supposed to avoid it and I wasn't even thinking. I just kind of just went with the flow and then lo and behold, I noticed earlier that I'm down to like 135th in the tournament. I'm like, I don't even have a card in. And I look, and to my amazement, yeah, my uh, my horrible card was indeed in. <laughs> so, but yeah, I was just so tired and I was ready to drive back that I just, I had to, uh, had to not finish out a couple of cards anyways. What about you, Tom? Yeah. You plenty? It, 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 <laughs> I, I was done after Classics 1. Yeah, hey, that's fair. I... I just don't the stamina these these multi day tournaments. I mean, I just nothing but respect for you guys. You know, participating in them and trying to keep mentally in the game there. But I just that that idea that pressure of multiple days trying to play games in the background, especially when you guys are doing so well in tournaments on Thursday. You know, are you even thinking about Sunday while other people are back there cranking away games, oh, yeah. preparing for Sunday? Um, but, well, um, there was people that dropped out. I think Walt did it. I think Escher did it. And I don't know if anybody else did. I'm sure there was that there was multiple people that dropped out of the target match play the first day when they realized that they were going to start off way behind everybody else and spend the rest of the afternoon and evening just trying to climb up. A lot of them just decided to duck out and they went over and started doing their qualifying. And that's the way that they chose to manage the clock. So yeah, there's there's a lot of pressure in terms of putting games together managing your time and yeah. really realizing where you're at. Because if you have any bleeders, I, I knew several people in the past, other tournaments, they thought they were good. They let up off the gas. They go to dinner break. They come back. All of a sudden they're outside the cut line and there's nothing they yeah. can do about it because they run out of time because the queues get so long, the final hour to two hours, they get so long. So yeah, yeah it's I've, all about time management. I felt bad for uh, Ryan Spindler because he was he was up there for a while and then uh, he kept dropping and finally he just he took that forty first spot. Oh, uh, and he got he got knocked out by Jason Wardrick, who was still qualified. You know, they at eleven o'clock they're like, okay, everybody, you know, no more qualifying. Well, Jason was still playing on his t like last game on his ticket, and he ended up doing well and knocking knocking Ryan yeah. uh, out of the playoffs literally last minute. Yeah. But yep. so uh, Neil, Neil was, did Neil make it? Yeah. Or, Neil yeah. made the open. Yeah. So Neil made it, Travis made it and Rob, you made it in. So real quick here, I know we're running low on time, but real quick, what was, how did the open go for the three of, I mean, feel free to speak for Neil if you want Tom, but how did sure. the open happen for the three of you guys? Um, um yeah, Neil had a tough group. Uh, he had uh, the first round. He had uh, Jason Wardrick, Adam McKinney, and uh, Richie Terry, and uh, he ended up surviving that. And uh, then he got knocked out in the second round. So he he finished what place? Uh, twenty fourth, I think it was. Nice. Yeah. 
And then Travis, you it sounds like Dark Knight handed it to you. Well, I was with uh, Bill Mason, Josh Sharp, and Adam Lefkoff, and we played Godzilla LE early on. I got really lucky taking second with that. We none of us really played it all that well, and I had fifty three million on that. Got lucky because Josh had two locks, and with the next one lit, and ended up draining out. Otherwise, I would have put him over the top. But yeah, then we played a. Uh, Batman Dark Knight, I just got annihilated on that, had 4.7 million. I think Adam ended up with 63 million because he had a great Scarecrow and Joker stack going on there. But all the settings were set to hard and the tilt was just super tight as well. I mean, there was a couple of times I watched uh, Bill, who picked the game, I watched him actually get a danger while just flipping on an in-lane return. So this is, I mean, from a ramp return, he was getting a danger yeah. off flipping. I'm like, man, this is just way too tight. So... Yeah, it's just every single one of my balls, I had something that I had to take a danger or two dangers early on. Then I was just pins and needles. So that didn't work out well. And then I went over to Sorcerer to where I just, I couldn't score anything. I think I ended up with 300,000, even with my locks lit. I just could not find that left ramp. I probably missed it at least eight or nine times. And that just goes to, you need to be able to play all the games at least once to get a feel for where they're at. Otherwise you're putting yourself in bad position. So I mean, lesson learned there. Maybe I'm just going to skip to sleep next time. So that way I don't get my ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. So what was your final place? Uh, 33rd, I believe. 33rd. Yep. Nice. And then Rob, how did, how did, how did it go for you? Um, I'll keep it brief. I, I was bleeding all day and I was lucky to not, not be Ryan and get bumped off. I finished 39th. Um, I was sweating the last minute tickets. I kept refreshing. Like I was back in the room two hours later, going to bed, hitting refresh, making sure it wasn't a fluke. Somebody else didn't. Uh, get past me. But I got um, in a pretty tough group with um, uh, Andre Masenkoff, David Real, and, and Roland uh, Nadeau that went pretty fail. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Can't be sure. But they. Um, this is the disadvantage of being the lowest guy. I didn't get to drive the bus and I went second every game and they picked Shadow, Dirty Harry, and then Doctor Who. And Doctor Who wasn't even in the tournament, got brought in later. So I had zero time on it. And all three of those games, I don't have a lot of time on in general. Um, honestly, this whole open bank was tough for me. I didn't have a lot of go-to strong, I know this game, um, and I like this game. Um, so it was a tough bank, and I got, I got knocked out and finished 30, 38. But again, I'm riding a high there. Like I said, first, 10th, 38th. Yeah. In 2020, I made zero cuts. And this year, I made all four cuts. So I, it didn't even matter at that point. But yeah. I was I was tired. <laughs> like I don't like, doubt yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> tired. But that was the open. Correct. So the open finishes, and it was Zach McCarthy who won it, right? So mm -hmm. it was awesome. We we already kind of talked about the finals, the final three games, and all that. Um, you know, shout out too to Ray Day, another TPN guy. I mean, Ray Day was crushing it all week as well. Ray Day did very well in that. Um, but then there's this other thing called high stakes. High stakes was the last tournament of all of it. It's the same. What is it? It's the same games as the open. It's the same concept as the open. Nope. It's just the tickets were more expensive or what? It's the same concept as five games, but it was, there was only eight games in the bank and it was a completely oh. separate bank. Okay. Um, same format, same everything, except for instead of $20 a ticket, it's $50 a ticket. Yeah. Um, they still had over 160 people put in an entry. So nice. I think That's first prize got up to seven grand for first. So um, it's pretty significant. I got, I got really lucky there. I, when they, when I got um, a knocked out a, a target match play, I went right over and, and just had one of those tickets. I couldn't do no wrong. And so I managed to qualify my first ticket there. I was number one for quite a while and bled down to fifth. 
Um, but um, it was one of those no bleeder tickets. So um, I saved some money there for sure. Nice. And then Travis, you, you were driving home, so you didn't, you didn't qualify, I assume. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And Tom as well, you didn't qualify. Did Neil? That is correct. No. <laughs> yeah. So high, high stake, um, spoiler, Keith Elwin won the whole thing. So you, Rob, you said one and done. You had a great ticket. You submitted it. Done. You're in, right? Correct. Yeah. Keith, how, any idea how, was he similar? Uh, he's always similar. I don't think he puts in more than two <laughs> tickets. I'd have to yeah, look, but impressive. he's usually, that. that's the thing that amazes about me. Greatest of all time, of course, you know, just it's the consistency. He just doesn't have any bad games. I mean, everybody has a bad game, but mm-hmm. just not that open often. So a, a format like this is just geared for him for sure to destroy. Yeah. Well, I mean, he does, he does lose Tom beat him in one round. Just, uh, yeah. you know, he, never <laughs> happened, Joel. <laughs> it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that quit, message. Quit reminding yeah, him. Cause tra- <laughs> Travis is like, Tom took out my wingman. Tom took out my wingman. But, but Rob, so you made it to high stakes. So how did high stakes go for you? Um, the same as the open. I, I actually played better. Uh, my group was Raymond, me, Ryan Spindler and Johnny Monica. Um, we, Raymond was driving. He picked Tron, uh, then pinball magic and taxi. And I had my chances. I finished third on Tron. Um, I had my chance to come back and uh, take the win on pinball magic. I just didn't know the game that well. And I don't think my strategy was very good. Um, and then came up to taxi. It was a win or get done. And um, I, I actually got a jackpot in 12 seconds. No lie. I got the ta- jackpot in 12 seconds. Um, so that was kind of cool. Cause I was player four. Nobody did good, but then uh, Monica ended up uh, Johnny Monica, Monica ended up throwing up 9 million. So, wow. But uh, it so was just, it, ended- it was this crazy sequence. I mean, you, you'll never see it again. But I plunged the skill shot and got a, a spot passenger. The person in front of me left me a lock. So the ball comes down. I hit the lock. The ball comes out of the lock. Comes down. I hit Dracula. The, the ball comes around the, um, the the ramp to the left flipper, and I sweep Pembot. And then the other ball comes back around to the right flipper. I hit Santa Claus. And then Joyride sparks me my fifth character. Ball kicks out of Santa Claus, dead bounces, lays up on the left flipper, and I drill the jackpot shot. It was it was it was amazing. Like twelve seconds, and I had one point five million fixed jackpot. So you just so, sped run it. Is it what was you did. crazy. Even Raymond was like, "Oh my gosh, what just happened?" It was awesome. it was <laughs> so wild. If, taxi, if taxis in pin clash three, then now we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully somebody clipped that. I'm like, that no, cool we weren't on video, unfortunately. I'm like, man, oh, what a time bummer. to not yeah. be on the stream. Yeah. I think that is another thing. I mean, I, I respect the heck out of Carl. Everything he streamed, that was amazing. But there were definitely times that I'm looking at the tournament and I'm looking at the bracket, and it's like, I mean, this is a good group, but I, man, I wish I could see this group. And I know it's not possible. I know you can't stream everybody. But um, they're definitely, I mean, the level of play that was there, there were definitely games that I know missed. Like, obviously, Rob, that would have been awesome to see on stream. So what um, I'm hearing, Joel, is you're calling out Carl that he needs to have two rigs running at all times so he can <laughs> stream at pinball, least ten, two games. IE Pinball the, 2, yeah. maybe an IE Pinball 3, yeah. and that way you can switch between stream. Yeah, there you go. A, no big deal, Carl, just just to throw that in. <laughs> What's interesting yeah. story, the, the first time we streamed Texas Pinball Festival, we had cameras on every single game. 12 games, we had cameras on every single game coming to a central computer with lines everywhere where we could just click a button and switch to different games. 
Oh, wow. But I mean, let's check in on Taxi and yeah, see what's yeah. going on. No, I mean, oh, if wow. you finished a game, you just yeah. switched over to the new game. You didn't have to stop anybody. You didn't have to roll the rig or whatever. It was great from that standpoint, but the cost is just prohibitive at that oh, point to have that many cameras and, and lined up. So. So high stakes, where did you end up with, Rob? Uh, I finished, I don't know, 12th. So I'll take it. 12th yeah. out of 160. Um, pretty big Whopper Hall for the weekend. I think I finished 7th overall Whopper Hall. Uh, Travis finished 9th, I think, because he had some solid, even though, because uh, he got his two-fourths in uh, yeah. <laughs> a couple of the high stakes. So, but, uh, yeah, um, I, that's the one thing that was really cool is I, I mean all of you guys came home with hardware so congrats on that it, it seemed like it was an amazing event it was awesome to watch from afar the level of play was was fantastic but i did see there was an update in rank um i don't know i've i can't make fun of travis anymore he's he's high, he's high <laughs> enough that i can't make fun of him for it um uh but what, what are you travis go ahead and say it 23rd 23rd in the, the big world, board baby. Joel. 23rd front in the page. world okay front page yeah. And, uh, and Robert, you, you popped up a good bit. Now you're, where are you at? I was 68, 70th coming in and popped up to 29th. 29th. Well done. And then Tom, where, where are you and Neil? Uh, let's see. Neil is at 22nd. So he's one ahead of Travis. As that's just, I, that's fantastic. I hope that stays. It's yep. a given. And, and I am <laughs> 26th. That's oh, awesome. One off so of the all front you page. guys, all you guys are in the twenties. Is that what I just heard? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's impressive, guys. Well, I will say though, I was looking at the ranking, and I mean, congrats to the three of you plus Neil. I mean, fantastic job. But you look right there at the number one spot. Ray. Raymond has almost a thousand points. He's- and and at number one. And here you guys are in the twenties, and you're like, where are you in the six hundreds? I mean, it's like uh, think- that gap. Yeah, he's he started absurd. running. Yeah, he started running yeah. away with it with all these uh high-end certified finishes it just goes to show you because what people may not realize when it comes to whoppers if it's a major it gets a 50 percent boost but if it's a certified tournament which is 64 players or more qualifying in two different days finals you get a 20 percent boost so effectively the open had 170 percent boost on Mm. both the high stakes and the main tournament and ray got 105 with a fourth place finish at the uh the main and then at the high stakes with the second place, he got 85. So that's yeah, that's a lot of points. That's a ton. Yeah. 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 Well, overall, I don't know if you guys have any final thoughts on on Indisc. Incredibly, incredibly entertaining to watch. That's all I can say. And I think there's a whole bunch of people that watch the stream that, you know, applaud not only the level of play from all you guys, but also Carl and the production that he put on. But um, yeah, I mean, I looked at that. I mean, this uh, today is the Super Bowl. We're recording this on on Sunday the thirteenth. But that that to me was like that was the Super Bowl of of pinball streaming. I mean, now that Pinberg's out, uh, to me it's like I, I look forward. I now know look forward to Indisc and look forward to Super Series because that's that's where you know those are those are the weekends that I need to make sure I'm not doing family stuff. I need to I need to save time yeah. to watch that. I think in 2020 they had 350 people ish. Um, this year, I think there was 250 people ish enter the open. So, you know, that's definitely a couple things, COVID restrictions. People didn't want to come yeah. wear masks all weekend. There's also some weather that went through the company, co- country that slowed things down, but I, <laughs> I expect easily yeah. over 300 next year. And at some point in time, they're going to get themselves in trouble. There's going to be four to 500 people coming. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to continue to be challenging to, 
for game and game and time management. And, um, but if anybody can do it, it's, it's, uh, Carl and, and Jim Belsito and, and yeah. Bob Matthews helps out quite a bit as well. So, and, and a, sure. there's a group of other people that support them. I just don't know everybody's name, but they're always yeah, there. Huge, they're always huge, spot on their text. There's everything. Cheers to all the end desk people. Yeah. hundred percent. But well, I think that's about it. Um, yeah, I, I, we covered a good bit here. There's always more to talk about, but we'll have to get, get to that later on. But, um, yeah, real quick, we'll just go around the circle and do some plugs. We usually start with a guest. So Rob plug away. Um, so you can find me on, uh, TPN, uh, stream on the TPN channel on Wednesday, um, just before Joel at, uh, six 30 to eight 30. And then he comes on after me at nine o'clock on the flipping out stream, I believe. Yep. Um, and that's a cool place we we've created. Um, but I also stream on my own channel, top rope pinball. It's a little crazy. It's a lot of pinball. It's a lot of high end pinball, but it's, uh, I, I focus on the entertainment and, and you just never know what you're going to get. You might not be a wrestling yeah. fan, but if yeah. you watch Top Rope Pinball, you might become a wrestling fan. So, you know, you can follow me on Twitch, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all the pinball profile. You can find me on all the places because I'm Jeff yeah. Teolis, you know. Yeah. So just search Top Rope Pinball in any any streaming or any media social place you're at and you will probably find me. Yeah, your stream is way more than just pinball. That's for sure. And uh, and it's impressive that you can put on that type of entertainment, but also play at the level that you play. Thanks. Um, so well done. Um, yeah, Travis, go ahead. Well, first off, I'd like to thank my camera for making it through this yeah. recording. I'd like to thank my microphone for holding up. And I'd like to thank my headset for staying charged yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Now that the is uh, it's out of the way, you can find me at the uh, Triple Drain podcast right here. <laughs> and I'm also on YouTube at Marv Loco. Yeah, well done. Thank well you. Done. Well done Thank to you. you and your equipment. I'm glad. Thank you. This yeah. is big. This is big. It's um, it took me 14 tries, but we got it right. <laughs> got it right. Yeah. Tom, go ahead. Uh you can find me at Fox City's Pinball. Um actually we're going to be doing a very big uh tournament this weekend at District 82 called the uh, Winter 2X. It's actually going to start on Friday with a with a knockout there's a lot of players signed up and then uh, on Saturday two tournaments. So if you're interested in competitive pinball, please check it out. Travis will be there. Yeah. And even if you're not interested in competitive pinball, but you like pinball, watch it because I'm telling you, even if you don't know what they're trying to do, these, the, the, the quality of these streams are is so high that when you have commentators that are, they're telling you, they're telling you about the game. They're telling you kind of what the player's trying to do. It's, it's, it's very, very entertaining. So I would, I would, I highly support that. And um, yeah, good luck. Good luck. Not only to the, the competition, but also the stream um, as well. And then, yeah, I'm Joel. I do, um, I do this, obviously, Triple Drain Podcast. And then I stream, yeah, after Rob on the, the Pinball Network on Wednesdays and then every other Thursday on Flipping Out. Um, I will tell you that on Flipping Out, what I just did, I mentioned it earlier, an, an awesome stream with Ray Day. If you want to know anything about Rush Rules, check that out. It's on YouTube. And then I actually have a cool stream coming up um, with a, uh, a, um, a homebrew game, which should be really pretty cool in a few weeks. And then I am, lastly, I also do just another pinball podcast, and I have a uh, an interview coming up, which should be pretty exciting. So um, stay, keep your eyes open for that. Or, yep. Yeah. But, 
Yeah, go ahead, Rob. Well, just want to say thank you guys for uh, hosting and, and bringing me on. If you ever need an extra ball, I'm always uh, ready and willing <laughs> to bring the the comedy. And who who knows when I show up? This has actually been a very calm podcast for me, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah we had a lot to get through. And um, uh, yeah, but Rob, absolutely. Thank you for being on here. We knew you had great success at Indisc. We knew we were going to be talking a lot about competitive pinball. And uh, your, your pin was definitely... Um, uh, it was great. It was great to have, but yeah, Travis, Tom, appreciate you guys. Appreciate the content you create and the time we, uh, we get to share here and to the listeners, if there's anything we can do for you, feel free to email us at triple drain at gmail.com. Otherwise, hopefully, um, yeah, hit us up on any of our streams or, or emails and, um, hopefully you'll hear again from us in a few weeks. So, uh, like always, Tom, you get the last words. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>